evening, everybody. Welcome to the Timeless Gamer Show. Greetings and salut- salutations. Welcome to the eighth season of Timeless Gamer Show, where our games and bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain timeless. There you go. And this podcast is streaming live now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch for all of our archive videos of previous episodes. You can check our YouTube channel, Timeless Gamer Show, and you can also listen to us in all major audio streaming platforms by searching Timeless Gamer Show. If you're getting your podcasts from there, chances are we're there too. <laughs> Previously on Timeless Gamers, uh, we reviewed the 2023 thriller biopic Tetris, the movie. Uh, for those of you who are curious how they were able to pull off a movie based on falling blocks, go check out our YouTube channel. For today's episode, though, we are going on a voyage to Sega Saturn. It's mediocre rise and its eventual downfall due to Sega's dramas that were happening both externally and internally. Tonight's episode has been brought to us by Viraj and Dan, the hosts of Sega Mega Masters podcast. Speaking of which, well, let's introduce them. Uh, well, actually, right now Dan isn't isn't here yet. Uh, he'll be coming along very soon. But we'd like to introduce uh, first, reintroduce, shall we say, Mr. Viraj Kapadia of the Sega Mega Masters. Viraj, tell All us right, a little bit about you. Glad to be back here. Today we're talking about Sega Saturn. You know, this mm. is uh, Sega's. Um, Shall we say uh, what number console? Shall we say is this their sixth home console? Technically, uh, let me see. One, I think it's fifth gen. Fifth generation. I think it's fifth, fifth generation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You had the Mark One. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got the SG One Thousand. All right. Okay. okay. Then you had the Sega SG One Thousand Mark. Then you had the Mark Three, called the Nineteen Eighty Five, which was rebranded as the Master System, and they put an FM module, an FM sound unit on their Japanese variant, which we never got in the Master System. That was the Mark Four. Mm. Mark Five hardware, as we know, is Sega Mega Drive, right? Or the Genesis hard of the American. And they actually named this the Sega Saturn because it was the sixth planet in the solar system. It's the sixth system. <laughs> oh, that's the origin of it. That's why it's called the Sega Saturn. Okay. Well, well, Sega did have, it's just a coincidence, because Sega did have their planet products. There was Project Mercury, which is known as the Game Gear. Uh, Sega Venus, which was meant to be their successor 16-bit handheld, which you can see a prototype of because it leaked a few years back, but um, it later became the Nomad. And um, obviously they had the Sega Earth, and now nobody, it's, it's ambiguous to call the uh, Sega CD Sega Earth, but as you see in the BIOS, the planet Earth is actually shown. Um, so you have that, so you're guessing that's the Earth around there that was solar. Um, and, and the Mega Drive was famously known as Project Luna, that's the funny thing, that's what Celestial, uh, in those Mark V hardware. And then um, you know, Project Mars was the 32X, okay, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit because that's related to this. And mm-hmm. the Project Jupiter was meant to be a solid state success. It was meant to be a cartridge based 32 bit successor, which never happened. And they went yeah. with the CD based successor, which is Saturn, and they kept mm-hmm. the name of Saturn. Um, and then I don't think they did a Sega Uranus because the name was Jupiter. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine the wordplay that'll be happening with that one. <laughs> there was, a, there was, however, a Sega Neptune, which is basically a Genesis and 32x in one, and you can, oh. see, you can see the picture online. Just to say, Sega Neptune, it's basically mm. a Genesis system with the 32x built in. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can argue that 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 could actually very well be Project, but anyway. Then the next one is uh, the Sega Pluto, which is fundamentally a Saturn with a uh, modem built in. And, mm. and that, that did actually happen. There was a prototype model that way. I think it was like three of them. But today we're talking about Sega Saturn. Here we go. This is the Sega Saturn. All, all its glory. Um, mm. So, JDM Zane, looking good, people. Good to see you here. 
Yeah. You know? So Raymond's here. Oh, good evening, good morning, everyone. Watching mm. from Saturn. He's out there. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yes. So what should we say? How do we begin with this system? I mean, well, oh, tell us. You know, yeah, let's begin by telling us a little bit about the background of it. Like how, um, how, what is its place in history? Where, what was, where, when did it come out, and what was its unique? selling point shall we say mm-hmm. um what do, what do i say about this mm-hmm. this machine i mean uh, all right so i'll try not to be emotional right this is a very this is something it's very tender it's a tender subject for me still about okay. sega what mm-hmm. they did okay mm-hmm. so as we as we all know we all know a genesis okay that shout is yes. the loudest that was arguably the most successful of sega arguably. Yes. and okay. sega knew that well sega of america this is due to sega of america but predominantly because in, in japan the, the mega drive was not a, a very successful or as successful as sega wanted it okay, mm-hmm. let's put it that um it was a runaway success in in europe okay mm-hmm. and in america it did very very well as well mm-hmm. um genesis it really did give nintendo a, a bloody nose it was the underdog yes. and from 1992 to 1993, Sega had developed their market in the gaming market. They, it was basically a David and Goliath story mm-hmm. as to what Sega did to take on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of the work that Tom Kalinske did and his team at Sega of America when he became president. And that's where our story should begin, I think. He became president of the, the Mega Drivers Fest. And Tom did say, I remember in an interview, that they needed to make games and they, need, mm-hmm. they knew that format of the future. Sega knew yes. it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, it's not like it was an original idea because NEC also knew this who made the PC engine or otherwise known as the Toyo graphics in America. Mm-hmm. Now, they made a CD add-on for their system and Sega seeing the benefit of it also made their own version. They were going to do it anyway with the Sega Mega CD or Sega CD. Now, this thing increased the clock speed of the Mega Drive, so it's more powerful. It could do sprites, you know, it could do scaling sprites and all whatnot. But it was an experimental project to make the best they could. And they knew they could do FMV video and all sorts of things with this device. But again, it was very expensive for what it was. And it was a step in the right direction because they knew that CD would have to be the future. And because they've already got games in CD, they knew they, they could make that they knew the successor model would eventually be a CD system. The problem was there was a conflict between Sega of America and Sega of Japan and Sega of Japan not being transparent with Tom Kalinske of Sega of America. Because Tom Kalinske said to them, oh, you know, what about the 32-bit machine? What are we, you know, how can we make 32 bits work for us? You know, how, how, we, how can we design it? We could do this. He looked at making deals with a lot of Western technology company so to begin with he he went to lockheed which is a, a british aerospace company mm. can make graphics for this system lockheed uh very famous for the black uh, was it the blackbird the sr-71 that's correct yes very yes famous for that. that's mm. amazing um and but it was it was going to be a powerful system and and tom really was all about the hardware as well but hayao nakayama who's the ceo the big guy in charge of sega because sega csk is a japanese mm-hmm. he said no don't worry about that yet. you just focus on the mega drive or the genesis and making it popular as, as old man when he was young um and again i i believe he got shot down for that and then he said okay well let's try something else and then silicon graphics who made the voodoo graphics cards oh silicon graphics was a big name way back big then name, big name. Mm. Um, i think there, there are some i think they've been bought over by nvidia or uh, another company mm. but they were big for graphics back in the 90s and they made graphics cards for pcs now in in that in that era nintendo were like sorry 
Nintendo were also there, and they were looking at making a CD add-on for their Super Nintendo called the PlayStation, which we know about. Okay? Yes. Eventually, mm. they fell out, and that's a, that's a, that's an episode on its own. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the end, the Sony PlayStation what became a thing out of that was born from that conflict between uh, Nintendo and, and Sony. So they were they they knew that CD was as well. Nintendo sort of had an idea, but that that was that was another that was another thing altogether. Now, so, so Sega. Of America, like why Nintendo? Why is Sega of Japan shooting us down with, with us? Because we, we want to make this thing. We want to make this thing. We want to make a 32-bit success. So Mega Drive or the Genesis is doing really well here in the West. What's going on? And it, it, it was, he was then told, look, don't worry about the 32-bit successor. We here in Japan, we're taking. We'll look after it. Can, can you make? Can you? Why don't you make a stopgap system for you in America? Why don't we make? Hayao Nakayama ordered Tom Kalinsky, and that's this is in Tom Kalinsky's words to make this 32-bit. Thing called the 32x mm. okay add-on for the mega drive now this thing used very similar dna to the saturn okay so i'm guessing the blueprints or whatever and the hardware specs so I, I don't know what, what is true and what isn't at this point even though he was ordered to make it that the, the two hitachi processors that process the the 3d environment they for the thing is very similar to the 32x architecture sorry the, the saturn architecture that, that became a thing mm -hmm. uh, not as powerful they made this thing now as we know i think this is where sega's reputation got really damaged because of this hardware that was released now mm. here it's 94 now okay christmas november december 1994 um sega launched the 32x in america and it has like a hand like three three games on release star wars arcade was the one that mm. and the, the port of doom was notoriously not the best sega mega drive so for the Sega 32x and it was $150. That was the, the sort of proper proposition of that console. And the idea was it's a budget step before we launch the 32X. That was their thinking. And, you know, people paid money for this thing. It wasn't as popular as it should have been, but it, it, people bought it. And those people who bought it were burned because that same Christmas in Japan, the Sega Saturn drops. Boom. Okay. Mm. People, the, people, obviously, the news and journalists were saying, "Well, Sega have launched the, um, you know, this this thing in Japan. This is their true console for 32 future. Why are people paying, you know, for a 32x? What's the point? What's going on here?" So that confused people. And the 32x, everybody hated it. Hated it. Okay. The, the, the developers. Okay. The retailers. It. the customers hated it okay i'm sure even voices in sega themselves hated it okay so it went out the window within a year and a bit maybe hidden shelves and it got discounted heavily and that's all for fortune now if you want to 32 you want to get money for it. i have to admit that that era was it started a lot of confusion in gamers the 32x was very like all right this looks like it's the next big thing but it's kind of like an add-on to the genesis like you know it really just threw people for a loop I guess. This is it. This is it. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, you yeah, know, and that was a surprise piece. And the problem was, Sega of Japan weren't talking to Sega of America. Mm. Well, Sega were a bit of America, like, well, what's this? They didn't even know about the Saturn drop in in Japan. They didn't know where they were going to go with it. And then, under orders by the main CEO, they say 1995 comes along. It's the summer of 1995. Tom is ordered to talk about this, this big thing, his beast. Nice one. There it is. For those of you in the audio podcast portion, Viraj is now showing us his actual console of the Sega Saturn. Nice and black. Dirty, but it's been, 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 in the, been in the dust. Shows you how often I play it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you it's got still very, 
It's still a very handsome machine, though. Yeah, I think it's got... It's, I'll tell you one thing I'll say about Sega. I like the designs of their machines. I think it is a console design and the aesthetics. They, they get better marks in the competitors. I love them about their retro. It's a CD-based system, as we know. And there's, mm. I've got Sega Ages Volume 1 in there. You can see what I play now. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> last game I played. Um, so yeah, if you've got the unit, you've got a, a slot here. Not for not for Genesis cartridges. Like not, uh, This is for RAM carts. So... Ah. Um, you could expand the memory, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit when we get to the software. It would have been uh, so cool oh, if it was backward compatible with, with Sega Genesis, it wouldn't it? If only they did, and I, again, we'll talk about mistakes Sega made you, but we'll, we'll get to that. We've got two, we've got two sockets here for controllers. Okay. No multi-taps available. And if you look at the back of the unit, um, you have your sort of AVR and communicator lead as well. And no. you also have your figure eight power lead. Um, and also you have, oops, dropped it. <laughs> no problem. Memory. And you also have like the, uh, the battery snare that uh, uh, regulates the BIOS clock in there. So a CR2032 uh, battery, it's got flat, I need to change it. But what, what a lot of people use this slot for now is when they mod the Saturn with a satiator, they just slide that in there. Uh, they just slide it in there and they just put their games in there and they're done. That's a lazy way to just mod a Saturn, but there's so many ways you can mod it. And that's another discussion as well. And that's what a lot of people are doing now because as we, as some of us know and are aware, uh, mm. Saturn collecting is a king's ransom. Yeah, the, the, the way you pay for the software, for some of these really good collectible stuff, you know, Panzer Dragoon Saga, I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd have to take I'd have to take out a mortgage for that game, and and others too. There's some very obscure mm. RPGs on there that, that people like to go for, but we'll, we'll touch on the software um, later on throughout this podcast. But this is fundamentally the Saturn in all its glory when it launched in 1995. This is the Model One. There were two models of this. Um, the Model Two had round buttons, as, as some of you may very well be aware at home watching this. Um, and if and it, I remember correctly, was am I am I misremembering that there are two different color sets of the Sega Saturn? There's the black one right there, and there's the gray one, if I remember correctly. There's the gray one, but there were, there were yeah. others. There was a white one, there was a high Saturn, there were different variants in Japan region. Mm. There was actually a Saturn you could buy where you could actually have a monitor attached to it, like a PS1. Oh, what? that would have been very cool. I like, yeah, I like that. that. I always cool. like that combo. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that, obviously, back then, Sega had a very good relationship with Hitachi. You know, mm. and, Hitachi, um, yes. So they, I mean, the thing with this is, if you actually look at the, this is out of all three of those systems, the fifth generation, I say the three major systems because this is the Atari, Jaguar, and Panasonic, but <laughs> maybe we shouldn't want to the three big players are Sega, Nintendo, and Sony, okay? Mm. Now those three, this is probably the most complicated piece of heart architecture in terms of mm. what went into making this thing. It was ridiculous how much money they threw into developing this carbuncle, and I use the word mm -hmm. carbuncle, it's not even the correct definition of carbuncle, but what I mean by carbuncle is a hodgepodge of, of stuff to put together in terms mm. of its design. It's a very complex piece of architecture that's over-engineered, and that's why those people who know I'm talking about home to emulate this thing is a bit of a pain. It is a pain mm. um, because of just how much power it used, and, and we'll get to that too, because it had not one, all right? It had two dedicated processes. Two, okay? Oh. The sound, there was a third one dedicated for it with Yamaha, okay? Now, it, they, they had... Yamaha, another really big name. Another big name. And I think I touched this on the music episode of Yamaha, the sound mm. of this device. But we'll, we'll touch on the sound as well. But with the two chips they use, the, the, you know, the VD, you know, you got the FH1 BSP and you got the yeah, 32 channels of sound. There we go. It's written there in the, in the little video we got playing there. You know, you had a lot of... You had the most channels of sound. So yeah, let's just do with the sound. It had the best sound out of all three, the Sega Saturn. 
That's one mm. thing I'll say for it. Yeah, the best sound in terms of capabilities. In terms of capabilities, it is the best. I mean, with with a with a big name like Yamaha behind the the sound of it, it can't possibly have anything less. You know, about the only yeah. thing that might surpass it would be a Korg, probably. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But then again, the, the you'll have to pay. A, I mean, they must have paid a lot of money for getting that custom Yamaha chip mm. you know, to get them mass produced and put into this unit. And with, with Hitachi, with the two graphics, you know, you've got the VDP one and you have the v, video. You have two video processors in there. As you can see here, it's written. We've got the video playing on the side. It, it had two dedicated users, and one of them was just better at rendering sprites than the other, and that's why they put it in because. With Sony now, with the PlayStation coming out, they definitely wanted to like push the 3D aspect of it, and they put that on there because they wanted an early sort of release. And you can see one, one, one has like obviously it takes care of the backgrounds. One doesn't. You see, if one, one's disabled or whatever. One does better rendering and moves the images on the pixels or whatever. So one had something the other didn't have, but it was complex mm. to program for because of these two processes, mm. and it wasn't fully utilized until maybe. You know, 1998, but by then, you know, it's too little, too late. Thing well, right now, it's as uh, since we're talking about the the audio, a pertinent question has been brought up here by JDM, one of our panelists who sadly couldn't yes. make it today, but has a very pertinent question. Question for Viraj and Sir Joe: Can it play audio CD and Red Book audio like the PS One? It certainly can. It's a CD player too. It is a CD player too. So it will it'll do the same thing a PlayStation does in that regard, mm. just as well. Okay. Audio on these this device is pretty good, and I think the people always say, "What well, had the better graphics, the PlayStation or the Saturn?" They're pretty much evenly matched, if we're being honest, because there are some games that just look better on Saturn than PlayStation. They were 3D games, so Street Racer, for example, if you pull up a side-by-side -side comparison of both those games, you realize the Saturn version is superior because it had better backgrounds. And one thing that Sega Saturn could do is it could process backgrounds and, and give you much more depth, better depth bet, bet in PlayStation. You did mention this a little bit earlier, Viraj, when we were off off camera. Uh, I think you mentioned that Saturn was striving for arcade arcade quality uh, yeah. graphics and ports, right? Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll get to my software library in a bit because I've got quite a few arcade there. But okay, Sega, as we know, um, well, they came from the arcade. Yes, okay. they had their System 16, which was their main arcade board, which made them such a big hit, along with the special um, X, which made Space Harrier and and, mm. and, after, and so Afterburner a thing, and that really did make them come up there in the arcades. And if we continue looking at their innovations, we're in 1992, I think 92, 93, when when Virtua Fighter came out, which is their first Model One game, I believe, opened up a lot of eyes because it's a 3D fighting game. And as we yeah, Edge Res, he's, he's already touched on it, Fighting Games and Saturn, the best will touch on that as well. Um, they innovated even further with Model 2, Model 3 hardware, and then they eventually went with Naomi and Hikaru and, and, and all that stuff, um, which are they're, they're more advanced. So Sega Saturn was the best of Model 1, 2 and 3 3D hardware, 3D arcade port, along with Capcom's sort of 3D stuff as well, because Capcom were on board with Sega this time around, because if you remember, at the previous generation, Capcom had pretty much, you know, decided to side with the Nintendo hardware, and there were very there were like a few like Capcom games on the Mega Drive, and that's it. But this time, Capcom left pretty much. They didn't abandon Nintendo. They saw some Capcom games on there, but predominantly, some really good arcades made it to the Sega Saturn with that. So yes, it is predominantly. I would say the Saturn's main was had some really good games. If you love the arcade style games, the Saturn was the console out. It did it it's, 
it's a very important question in my in my opinion because of the fact that during that era uh it was a race to emulate arcade the arcade experience uh for 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 home console like it was a big thing for you to be able to say my console can handle arcade level graphics or can i play this arcade game at home I so mean, it's not so much arcade level graphics and temporary arcade mm-hmm. well so yes. one thing that the, the saturn did and up until that 16-bit era we all knew the neo geo aes could literally do one-to-one arcade ports that was the only system they created but it was just ridiculous mm-hmm. um, and we know why but with the Sega Saturn, that one made it probably more affordable for people because the, the game media was on disc. It wasn't on expensive cartridges like the Neo Geo. So buying the games for Saturn then was affordable. So you could play these games that were nearly, just as more or less near enough one-to-one. Not, not only talking like, I have Sega Ages Volume 1, so not only talking about the, the games before the 16-bit era, because one thing, the Mega Drive attempted and did a good job with 16s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a true scale. Like, for example, Outrun was a, their own, but it wasn't a port. It was just, it was something they made for the Mega Drive. You mm-hmm. know? Um, a lot of these sort of arcade things were their versions of it. It wasn't exactly an arcade port, whereas they ported the arcade games on Saturn. Saturn could handle all that System 16 stuff that we saw behind. It could handle System 32 stuff, and it could handle, obviously, the first Model 1 games and going forward. So it actually made the architecture to not only cater for games of the past that weren't capable for their older system, mm-hmm. but the system contemporary at the time. They could, Virtua Fighter could, could be made on that. You know, Virtua Cop could be put onto that. House of the Dead could be put mm-hmm. onto that. You know, and it was it was literally, okay, arcade will always be better, but it was a faithful port. It was something that you could enjoy and it brought the arcade home. That's something Saturn could do, which Mega, I wouldn't say couldn't, did a better job than what Mega Drive attempted. Agree. Yeah, it always was. Even with this whole Mark One, Two, Three, Four, and Five, they're trying to bring the arcade home. And the arcade spirits they could did, did was successful. Mega Drive, but it wasn't. Those of us arcade fanatics know that okay, exactly the same bit's possible. With Saturn, it made it real. It made it real. Oh, uh, Joe had like, Joe has a has a question here. Uh, Joe or has a point. There you go, Joe. Oh, oh, I'm um, so. Those who are uh, to those who are listening to the show right now, we are showing some video documentary about the Saturn, and uh, we we are seeing a lot of uh, of, of interviews and testimonials from uh, from video game enthusiasts and journalists back then. One excerpt here on the screen says, "Not surprisingly, word got out quickly in the West." The U.S. and EU consumers immediately started asking the obvious question, why should I buy a 32X when the Saturn is only a few months away, Pretty says Scott well, McBayless. Buy it, and in years from now, it'll be a collector's item. We'll go for a <laughs> but we, we, when, when we as gamers buy something gaming-related, well, way back when, we really weren't thinking about collector's item. We didn't have the collector's item mentality back then. We just wanted to get the thing that could play the most games best. I guess that was the way that we thought. And yeah. sad to say, 32X really didn't make a very good argument for that one. No, it didn't. I think that that, that was that really did damage Sega's branding because Sega was seen mm. as being greedy. And it's not the first time this has happened. We'll touch on that probably in later videos, but Sega was mm. seen as being greedy. Um, they launched a system that was meant to be a, a stopgap and I understand where they were going with this. And the reason the 3206 was, and I, I believe this firmly, Hayao Nakayama was intimidated. He knew that, he, he was intimidated by numbers. He saw the Atari mm. Jaguar threat. Really, Atari a threat? 
and he saw the Panasonic 3DO as a threat. And he well, knew that. He, knew, he, he looked at specs thinking that that's the way forward, but no, it's about gameplay. Like, look at the Super Nintendo, okay? Mm-hmm. Sega Mega Drive could go toe-to-toe with it, even though it was a two-year-older piece of hardware, and he created the Sega CD, Sega CD Sega made, to compete against that. And if you really... That was enough, to be honest. I think... I agree that they had... I mean, you could argue that Sega CD also damaged it. Mm-hmm. Because there's expensive... If, um... If I may, if I may interject, if I yeah. remember it correctly, based on the Console Wars book, mm. um, so Hayao Nakayama had this inkling uh, inference that okay, uh, with Atari coming out with their uh, with their disc-based system, the Panasonic mm. 3DO, and then Sony with the PlayStation. And mind mind you guys, this is just before the the release dates. This is just um hearsay from uh fr- hearsay from from people reached to to Hayao Nakayama thinking that okay the CD based technology is here it's approaching and they want to make sure that Sega has a good footprint on um, on the uh, on the market not to be left out although that being said they already got the, they already got the, CD, the Sega CD so why should they even be worried about that anyway well, but we were talking about the we're talking about the uh, uh, the the next gen here. So they're I, thinking Hayao Nakayama, to my to my recollection, according to the book, he wanted to make sure that the Sega Saturn should be out by the holiday season of 1995, 94. Mm-hmm. All right, stop the presses, stop the presses. Before anything else. Let's welcome Dan Faulkner, the other the other member of the Sega Mega Masters, into the panel. And hey, Dan, it's great to see you. I hope I hope you're doing well. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good to be here. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. No worries. No worries. No worries. We're great. We're just extremely happy that you're here. And yeah, uh, before anything else, though, let's just say hi to everybody in the chats as well. Uh, we'd like to say hi to JDM, Juan de Marcos, who says, Hey, a Dan Faulkner appears. <laughs> there you go. And Arvi Lagahit Ramos, who says hi and nice. Hello, hello, Arvi. It's great to see you. Of course, let's not also not forget uh, Raymond John Rendes, one of our panelists who... Uh, probably just uh, just got back home from where he just came from. And Ed Reyes, who says fighting games on Saturn are the best. Oh, that's that's a very good. That's a very bold claim, which I guess Virage and Dan are a bold claim. Well, yeah, which are, he <laughs> a is a very yes. yes needs to be proven. Needs to be proven. There you go. Uh, let's see. Let's also say hi to Jeff Sardalia, Tito Popoy, uh, who says evening gents, and of course. Um, everybody else on the chat let's not forget type in your opinions how you think things played out could sega have done better uh, did they did they take a few missteps please put in whatever reactions you've got in the chats because we want to hear what you think not just about what our our handsome guests and and panelists here are talking about but also what about what everybody else is saying in the chats just react comment say what you feel we'll do what we can to say to read out what you guys are saying as well all right back to you Braj or dan maybe whatever um, whatever you guys want to say uh, to point on in regards to what i think sega were doing in regards to wanting and having a desire to, you know and feeling intimidated by all these other brands that are bringing mm. out this I forgot to mention the Amiga CD32, <laughs> which is absolutely Oh, yeah. That, that bullshit? No. <laughs> but he, he saw these other platforms, and there was a, there was, you know what, there was an influx of all these things coming out, had bigger numbers, and Sega had their hardware. Mm-hmm. Would you, I'm sure you'd feel intimidated too. And I think, look, 
I would say the mistake was, and I, I believe that Sega should, Sega needed to make the Sega CD because they need to learn how to program CD. I believe that was the way way forward. I, I mean, I know a lot of people say, well, there wasn't enough for the Sega CD, and I'll touch on that. I think the reason there wasn't enough software for Sega is because, and I blame the 32X for this. There was no need for that. I, I believe that was something they could have done without. They should have just gone from straight from Sega Mega Drive. The Sega, the Sega CD was their premium option at the time for games with great sounding, uh, great sound, and great. Uh, scaling, it allowed scaling ability so it could compete with Nintendo and enhance the graphics for the Mega Drive experience. It was the premium Mega Drive experience, Sega, but it wasn't fully utilized because Sega were pushing their resources onto 32X. If they had developers still making games for 32X, sorry, for Sega CD, it would still be decent for what it was. Maybe not as, not, not a runaway success like the Mega Drive, but it would have been a premium option for Mega Drive consumer. And I think that's what it should have remained at. But I believe that they shouldn't have made the first because I think that really did damage their brand. I think they should have just gone straight to Sega Saturn and worked on that. How the Saturn, I believe, in terms of the Sega Saturn though, I think the, the failings there was Sega of Japan were resentful of Sega of America, as we now, history tells us. Um, they should have worked well together with Tom Kalinsky. They could have created a really good solution. They could have pushed this thing out better. It would have been a success in the West, success in, in, in Japan region. And, and Sega wouldn't have had to worry so much about what what you know what, what think about their brand and it would be more successful and wouldn't have been seen as what it is as now. Now, you know, going forward with, with the release, another another problem was the surprise launch in 1995, which he was ordered to um, not, not something that he wanted to do, he had to do it. And it's embarrassing when you're standing on a podium and you can see the video on YouTube, it's there where he's saying, this is the Sega Sand, this is its abilities. He's really trying to sell this thing, this guy, putting on all the moves saying, this is what it will do, this is how it's going to be and all this stuff. It's going to be $399 and it's out today, which is mm. suicide. Even he admits to it in interviews now, out today. And it was, it was brand suicide because, you know, only Target and Toys R Us, I believe, were selling it. Everybody else was admitted. I believe, okay? I think it was Target. But anyway, one of the other retailers as well as Toys R Us got it in America and nobody was stocking it. And it got, it got to the point where he was getting phone calls from people saying, look, we're not even going to stock your system. That's how angry they Why did they get it and we not get it? And when you find out, and there was a leak recently that came out a few months ago. I don't know if you know about it. Do you want the, the market for retailers for Sega, Sega Saturn? Do you, want, do you want what money they were making like in terms of percentages? Go on, guess, guys. What was the markup on a Sega Saturn if you were a retailer buying this thing to sell it? Of Sega. Mm, normally, uh, a markup would probably be around 10, 20 percent. You know, right? The markup was six percent. Uh, that's barely. That's going to be barely. What? Yeah, yeah. that's going to be barely yeah. anything to cover to break even. The Sega leaks this year when one of the executives of Sega Japan put it out there, and that was yeah. all out there. It's six percent markup on, on on Sega Saturn in America. Anyway, I don't know uh, about Europe, and that's what it, it, it looked at. I thought. Goodness mm. me, no wonder, like, it was a number of issues with this thing. Not just a high price point and the proposition they were offering, but a 6% market, like, 6% markup for retailers to sell this thing? What is this? <laughs> it's no wonder. So, I mean, okay, so they've alienated other, other retailers to stop it. Mm -hmm. And eventually, sadly, in America, the Sega Saturn became a mail order item. That's how bad it was. You know, uh, yeah. no reason to stock it in the end. So that really hurt the brand in America. In Japan, however, different story, different story. It was tailor-made for their market. It was tailor-made because they knew what, they did so much research from the failings with Mega Drive and how they created it and what didn't work, they knew what would work. So when they launched it in 1994, 
and the, the software on it, they, they made sure that they, they got embedded with a lot of developers, Capcom, and we got them in the West. Um, mm-hmm. and so many, we had a Konami, we had, we, a lot of them were on board with, to begin with, with Sega. Sega Saturn was a runaway hit in Japan up until 1997. And that's only mm-hmm. because Sony at that point had gained traction and they managed to get Final Fantasy VII on. That's the mm-hmm. only thing that really pushed the PlayStation um, products for Japan and, and out made, made sure that the, the PlayStation took over as the dominant system in the mm-hmm. Japanese market and that way from Sega. But when you say the Sega Saturn outsold the, the Nintendo 64 in Japan, you're thinking, what, really? It's like a different world. What? It was that successful mm-hmm. in Japan? But it's true, it did. It was, it was just that good in Japan because it had the, the RPG for one thing. It had the games that Japanese to play. It had those those arcade ports that we, well, yeah, arcade ports that we wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. It. So the Saturn had it for the Japanese gamer and those of us in the West that prefer those sort of arcade games like 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 Sedan over here, um, you know, which none of the others could offer as a proposition. So the Saturn, you know, gets a bad rap because also, as you can see here, this is Sonic Extreme, which um, you know was a was a cancelled project for for the reason. So slow. Well, <laughs> cancelled because uh, Yuji Naka said no, he doesn't want it because I think it was to do with hubris in the sense that Sega of Japan couldn't make a 3D Sonic game, so they let Sega STI do it, Sega Technology of America to try and do it. The guy who actually created this demo or this 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 game. Uh, got pneumonia. He was so sick because he was working so many hours trying to make it. It was stressed. And he got to the point where Sega CEO Hayao Nakayama went to America to look at it. And he was angry and he said, no, 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 forget this. This game's being pulled. It's not good enough. It doesn't pass the quality set. And that's why Sonic Extreme never happened. And I think that's another problem which which hit, hurt Sega badly with, with Saturn in the West because it didn't have an identity. Mm. Their flagship mascot, Sonic, on it. And that really hurt it as well. So you know, that, 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 didn't, that didn't happen really hurt the brand for Sega as well. Like you wanted to have, like Mario had Mario 64. Mm. Sony had like Crash Bandicoot. Where's our hero Sonic the Hedgehog? Where is a new Sonic adventure game for Sega Saturn? When are we going to get a 3D Sonic game? And yes, I understand that Yuji Naka himself felt we couldn't make a proper 3D Sonic game. I think that they could have made a good 3D Sonic game, but it just took a lot of work and they need to spend more money and they didn't want to because they were overstretched as it was. If you think about this time, they were making games for Master they're making games for Game Gear, their 8-bit handheld. They're making games for Mega Drive still when it was first being developed, when the Saturn was being released. You know, they're still making games for Sega CD, yeah? And they're also now making games for Saturn as well, and 32X. You've got six mm. formats. Six formats they're making games for. They're overstretched, and they didn't have the resources as well. So there are just so many things that went wrong. There's so many, and the crazy thing throughout all this is the Saturn still succeeded, at least in the Japanese region. Yeah, at mm. least Sega stayed alive. And people said, oh, Saturn was such a flop. The thing is, in the West, it was a flop. In Japan, it was a very big, big success. And if you actually look at Sega's P&L, even though they were making losses here and there, they're mm-hmm. still making money on this. In fact, Japanese, um, the Japanese executive, they would always have lunches with Sony, like with the Sony people as well. They're like, well, hang about, how are you making money on this? I mean, look, like we're Sony, we make our own optical drives, we make our own processes, we make our own sound chips. Mm-hmm. You go to Hitachi to make a make processes. You've had to go to whoever to make the optical drive for this. You've had to go to um, Yamaha to get the sound chips in this. You're not making your own stuff. How are you making money on this? Because it was a hundred pounds more for a reason, a hundred dollars more because it had premium components in and it was an over-engineered mess really to, and it was difficult to make games for a lot of newer programmers. The 3D, let's not forget this is the first generation where 3D games are coming to the front and it was a new frontier for developers to make games. Mm-hmm. So the thing that the PlayStation had is they had a dev kit which made it easy for developers to make games for on. Whereas this thing, 
it wasn't as easy because it was over-engineered. So again, we have a console, which has a hardware that's overcomplicated. It costs more money. The markup wasn't there for retailers. They didn't market it properly by making good ties with retailers in the West. They, had, they were overstretched. There was no communication happening between Sega of America, Sega of Japan. Um, and there are a whole host of errors. It's not just one reason why the Saturn didn't do well. It's a number of reasons. And that's, I think it's just crazy that that happened. But in spite of all these problems, the Saturn was still somewhat successful. So hmm. that's, that's my thoughts on, on, on the Saturn. Um, $3.99 for the Saturn, whoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's $85 in today's money. Hmm. $3.99, yeah. That, that, honestly, for... And this for is $19.95. That, mm-hmm. so, how yeah. that, so how much is that now, inflation-wise? Right, that's, that's the press conference that Kuklinski said that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the most uh, annoying thing about that, as soon as he got off the stage, okay? Yeah. Guess who comes on the stage afterwards? The Sony guy comes on. And he mm. goes, this is our PlayStation we're going to launch at this time. It's $299. And he just drops the card and walks off the Yeah, stage. that's it. You know, that's why that was his entire speech. You know, yeah. $100 less, you know, and we're good. So according, to the, so according to the video, the only retailers that got it was, well, assumingly got it, Toys R Us, yeah. Babbage, and EB Games EB back EB in 1995. So not Target. So if Target weren't selling this, mm. God... You know, they're a big deal in America. So the fact that they didn't, you know, it, it just made me think, good Lord. Mm-hmm. How did Sega even get a footprint there? And it's, it's a shame because they had worked so hard with Mega Drive to get this market in mm-hmm. Europe and America. America got hit hard first. The Saturn was still a thing here in Europe because Sega's brand, even though it was damaged, people still love Sega here. I think we get more of a love for Sega here than the Americans. But, mm-hmm. you know, because I think when people think of Sega in America, they think of Genesis and maybe a touch of Dream. They don't ever talk about Saturn. Apart from Sega Lord X, the only guy fucking for it. But then again, he imported his Saturn from Japan, so he's, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's half Japanese. But for the, for the rest of us, it, it was it was a system that we used to love. But it was it's always it was in third place. It was the, you know, the, the third thing that we, we didn't that was it was overlooked. And people say, "Oh, the Saturn sucks." I think I mean I I could be I could be completely wrong on this. It could also have been because of the fact that you did mention uh, Viraj, this the the Atari Jaguar looming in the horizon, and Atari. Let's not forget during that time was still a really big name atari with the 2600 was was the console to get way back in the 70s so for atari to have announced that they were coming out with was it a 64-bit uh their marketing was it that it was going to be the first that's that that's what they were gunning for yeah Yeah, that's what they were gunning for It was 32 bit. Use the Tom and Jerry chips. There, one was 32. Yeah, exactly. They worked in tandem. They didn't work together. It's a 32 bit machine. All right. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sega got scared by that tagline because yeah, they were intimidated. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hayao Nakayama himself was was worried about numbers, and it wasn't numbers. It's about the software. And look, one thing I'll 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 give credit to Nintendo. It's about. Severage is right on this because let's just so back in well, back at what 93 94 you're if you're going to look at the video game um, if you're going to look at the at the gaming pie for what 48 percent was sega with the mm-hmm. genesis and then right right around 40 the 47 uh no about 45 percent to nintendo 63%. and 63 percent what, 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 what yeah so what was the percentage back then so it was sega first and then and then nintendo and then the remaining little bits of pieces in there were the other consoles yeah, yeah. and then by by approaching 94 95 96, all of these uh, yeah 
with all of these uh, with, all, with all these companies coming out with their own systems yeah you're right hayao na hayao shit we might lose a little bit more edge to and these that, guys that share what he should have done is he should have known that 63% share and even though that is to do with the leaks as well and there were there were some bad deals that Tom Kaminsky made just to get the market you know, retail get genesis rolling in America and the deals he made were like go into a shop like he talked to like the shop shop well retailers and say okay we'll make a deal I don't know if he was directly responsible, but the deal, I think he was, we'll sell you, I don't know, a uh, 100,000 mega drive or Genesis. And if the ones that you don't sell, we'll buy back. And that was like, mm, I would, I would argue that even but though Tom Kolinsky did a great, uh, because Tom, Tom Kolinsky did a great contribution to that percentage. Yeah. For some reason, I felt like Hayao Nakayama didn't trust Tom Kolinsky, Tom Kolinsky good enough just let Sega of America do the marketing on this. this is it. I mean, I they did the work. They did the work for. They did the work for Sega. This to, is it. On the, the oh, to to get that num uh, to get that percentage to get that uh, to get that high numbers. That's correct. So right. So even so why are you why are you, why are you even alienating the guy? And if I remember correctly, Tom Collins has said, "Let me do things my way. Mm -hmm. If I fail, let me fail. If I." He, he, he said that. Mm. So and then Hayao Nakayama basically reneged that uh, reneged that verbal uh, that verbal agreement that they had. Yeah. He he had to impose his will, saying that no, you're going to release the Saturn. Mm. Yeah. yeah it, 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 but then on the flip side, that, I mean, even Tom Kinsey said famously in an interview recently, he didn't like the Saturn. <laughs> we, we didn't like it. He even said it. That he, this recent, Because I didn't, I didn't like the way it played. I didn't like some of the games on it. I didn't like the Sonic. I think I've never liked Sonic since the Mega Drive. That's him. Like, even on the Dreamcast, I talked about things. I don't think I've ever met Masters and then all these other things. But then it could be, it could be arguing he's just getting high on his own supply because he made say when he was in charge. And that's he put it out there. But then at what cost did he make the mistake? He was said it, it was found later on that because he discounted the Genesis or the Mega Drive hardware, they were selling some of the units or a portion of the units at a loss because they had to buy it back, obviously it wasn't sold. But because he was because he was so aggressive at making sure that Mega Drives were in all these stores, it was accessible and available to the public at the discounted price so people could get their Genesis. They had the option to tackle Nintendo. And in all fairness, that strategy works today. In fact, Microsoft and Sony, they sell their systems and we know that their systems sell at a loss. They're loss leaders. The idea yeah. is they make a loss on the systems because it subsidizes it because they make the money online and on the software. That's where the money's at. That's, that's very true. That's exactly what say, he was thinking. Okay, we'll make a bit of a loss on this in here. Mm -hmm. We'll make a hell of a lot of money on the, on the software. That's how we get the market share back. Whereas Nintendo, traditionally, have always focused to make their money on this on the system. I think the only developer of consoles now that tried to make money on consoles is the software. That's how they've always worked. Whereas Sega, they had the thinking two generations ahead of its time because Sony did with all their systems, which is, well, not with PlayStation, but with PS2 and others, they make a slight bit of a loss, but they know that the software, getting the market share is the key. Because you've got more people with your systems, they're going to buy games with your systems, and that's where we make them. That's what it's all about. It's the, Now, it's the, it's the, sell the, sell, uh, give the, give the razor away for free and you can sell the blades for, for a profit model. You know? I would like, I would like to hear Sir Dan's, uh, yes. two cents on this. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the Sega and it's hardware, your thoughts, go. So what, 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 you, what would you like to hear specifically, Joe? Uh, mm. well, 
I guess it's more a case of Your, how yeah. how you Your personal experiences with the Saturn? Yeah, and that's it. that would be a good starting point. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so the uh, the Saturn um, when it when that got released, uh, one of my best friends bought it um, pretty much straight away because, mm. uh, like Viraj has already pointed out, it was really expensive on really, oh, yeah. um, and I was only a teenager at the time, so um, so he, he he got it. He, he was working. He was about three, well, about four or five years older than me. He was working, got it. And um, he used to work away a lot, so that was really good for me because every time he used to work away, he were he were a painter and decorator, and when he used to get contracted away, he used to loan me a satin. Ah, so, um, so I, I actually never bought one because of that, because I, I, I essentially had access to one, you know, pretty much every other week. I was I, I, I were playing it, and I, 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 I still got plenty of Mega Drive games, still got plenty of SNES games. Still, got, I got a PC at that time, so I've got plenty to be going. So I didn't, I didn't actually bother buying a Saturn, and um, I, I regret not buying one because I, I actually got a. N64 and the PlayStation, and mm. out of all of them, I preferred the Saturn. I think the, the Saturn had the, yeah, had the most enjoyable games for me. A big, a big part of that was because we had a, a a big gang of friends. We had a, a gang of like 14 friends, and uh, Saturn just had the best arcade stuff. You know, it, it blew. What it blew was the game that you were playing on it the most? Yeah, yeah, it blew, it blew PlayStation. People, people wax lyrical about PlayStation, and, and that's because they sit at home by themselves playing Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid, which are fantastic games. Mm. That's great. you got a group group of mates. Play, you, you play uh, Street Fighter. I had Street Fighter, sorry, X-Men versus Street Fighter on PlayStation, mm. and the load times were horrendous, and the game, oh, played, yeah. the game played sluggish, and it looked like shit compared to the Saturn. Um, Saturn version blew it away. And so, mm. so, so it were. I, I, I regret not back, never having uh, a Saturn, but I still had quite a lot of experience playing it through, owning it off my friends. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I think it's a fantastic little system. I think it's a really good little system. It's just a shame everything's so expensive now. And I, th- and I think Sega, everybody says Sega did all these things wrong, and I think they did. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I think they made a lot of mistakes. But I also think these mistakes were born out of mainly doing what they did before. They were aggressive. They were creative, and and that got them that got them to be that got them to be a a, a, a market leader. So you can't really mm-hmm. fault them for persisting with that approach. It was just it was just very disjointed. It was the, the method to their madness. That's what it was. The method. Yeah, were, yeah. Were the it, it, you know, that's it, mate. The, 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 the way they went about it were very disjointed, and there were a lot of competitors entering the market as as you. All, all have rightly pointed out. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it was it was pointed out before that the executives of Sega of Japan were uh, were, for the lack of a better word, were jealous and insecure that the Sega of America is doing well, and this is and this is their and this is their company. So, mm-hmm. how come this this white this white people? <laughs> for the, I'm sorry for the I'm sorry for the language. Why Racist. this guy Jins? <laughs> Why these biogens are doing well and we're not? That is what would happen to Joe. Basically, when Tom Kinski would have a meeting and he only found out about this afterwards, he'd fly back to America and he found out that Hayao Nakayama, when he got angry, he got angry. People were scared of this guy, the Sega CEO. He was a bad man. He'd go into the meeting and tear all the Sega of Japan executives. Look, why can't you be selling the Mega Drive? Like, why is the Mega Drive not doing well here? These are Americans, these Westerners. 
you know, they could do it better than us. What is this? We made this thing. So you can, ima- you can imagine the resentfulness that the Sega Japan executives mm-hmm. had against people like Tom Kalinsky. Even Tom Kalinsky's plan to be, to the, of what he put, implemented for the Genesis in, in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, we're going to make fun of the competition. We're going to put Sonic as a packing game. Okay, when Sonic came out, we're going to do, um, we're going to lower the price of the Mega Drive. And he said all these things that he wanted to do. And they all objected to him. And Sayana Kiyama was angry because like, they were objecting to him, but he goes, you know what? I'll let you be president of uh, America so you can take care of all the Western stuff. I'm going to let you do your, do it. your plan. And he mm-hmm. agreed to him. And guess what? It worked. But it's like how that he didn't, it's, it was hurtful because he made it successful. He made successful Sega's brand expand in the West. He made it expand as big as it mm-hmm. was. People knew about Sonic the Hedgehog because it was like, a packing mm. game on the Mega Drive, and it's a great game for it. Is I don't care what anyone says, I love the thing. Mm. But it, and it worked well, and it was a great packing. It was a great, it was genius. But it, it's upsetting that Sega of Japan didn't take on board that these guys can make their product better, and they didn't want to take advice. They were arrogant. They were upset. Mm. This, was the, this was the way things were going to go, and they didn't mm-hmm. want to lose their power. They felt they felt petty, pet, pettiness. Yes, petty, petty, petty. Even, they were quite the petty. They were so they got arrogant to the point where was it arrogance or was it self pride? So I mentioned how pettiness, <laughs> childish <laughs> pettiness. I mentioned how the Silicon Graphics deal fell through. So the Japan said that no, we don't want. But Silicon Graphics, do you know who got it in the end? Nintendo with their Nintendo 64. They worked with Nintendo 64 to work with the graphics for that system. Um, so even that was over engineered for. But then going forward as well, again. Um, Sony actually came to Sega saying, look, we've got this thing called a PlayStation. We can make a Sega PlayStation. And Sega goes, what are you talking about? You just make TVs, man. What do you know about making software? So they told them to get lost. So Sega had every- Tom Kalinsky said, Tom Kalinsky was very interested. Went to Hayao Nakayama, said, he said, what Sony knows, what Sony knows about video games? They, they, They make, they make Walkmans, they make radios. What do they know about making video games? No! On, on, a, on a quickly answer a question, because JDM just put it here. So, so for Virage and Sir Dan, did you guys get your Saturn on its release a year late or a year later? I didn't get a Saturn on release. My dad got me a PlayStation 1 for Christmas 1997. So even when the fifth generation came out, okay, even though it was 1995, all the stuff, it only really, for me, and for what I believe, it took off in 1997 for me when, when, when I got a PlayStation. I think. It was a very expensive proposition, 95, 96. For a kid, I was only, what, 11 years old, I didn't work. My father bought me my stuff. So he got me a PlayStation 1, which in, in hindsight was actually the right console to buy for that gym, to be honest. Mm. Yes, it couldn't do everything the Saturn could do. But in all fairness, I was too young for a lot of the Saturn games at the time, if I'm being honest. I wasn't a teenager. I think those games were made for a teenager. I was a kid. I wanted to play Spyro the Dragon. Okay. Yeah, you, 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 I think you've touched on a great point. I think I think the Saturn, again, Sega's philosophy was to target an adult audience. Yeah. And, and at the time, um, yeah. there were a lot of, like I say, a lot of, a lot of kids just really got into, into into game. I mean, like I say, you look at Spyro on PlayStation and that sold. Yeah. When there was no only PlayStations, you know what I mean? Because it were PlayStation. Spyro, Crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so, so to answer JDM's questions, I picked this up, all right, boxed and complete with about 20 games. All these games, I'm going to show you the games as well. Mm-hmm. 50 pounds. In, 90, in 2008, for £50, mm-hmm. box complete with the controller, and mm-hmm. I've got three games with it, including... Um, £50? Not so bad. Box with games? That was in 2008, before the retro game market completely exploded, yeah, really. So I'm, before yeah. I'm, I'm keeping this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually looking to mod this at some point. 
um, because it's like I said, buying Saturn games is a king's ransom now. So I'm thinking mm. of doing a mod on this, and we can talk about what mod I wanted to buy. Mm. What we can the Saturn games? We've come up to the, the hour mark now, so I'm wondering. Unless there's anything else we want to discuss in regards to that. Well, uh, if I can interject, in my case, uh, I I think I speak for the Filipino populace here when <laughs> when I say the Sega Saturn came and went without really all that much fanfare or glory in the Philippine Philippine shores. Sad to say, I'm I'm honestly sad that it had actually mm. happened that way. Uh, to provide a little bit of context, during that time it was after the Sega Genesis, and people were kind of waiting around for the next big thing. The Sega mm. 32 came and went. Sega Saturn came and went. It was during that era when people in the Philippines, uh, I think uh, people like Jake Mel Be- Jake Belmont in chats can attest to this right now. He says in Tondo Manila before Sony PlayStation is number one. That era around 1993, four, five around that time. That was when PlayStation. Uh, I, I could be wrong on my timeline here because I was in college. I was really heavily invested in trying to pass my accounting accounting subjects back then. Um, that was when the PlayStation really hit it, hit hit the Philippine shores big. It, it, there's one place in the Philippines which was the technological hub of Metro Manila back then. It was called Green Hills. And when you went over there, there were rental stations which kind of gauged what consoles were big. But before Super Nintendo and Genesis were like left and right. Before long, it was PlayStation One. There was one Sega Saturn there that I never got the chance to play. It was just there sitting, and I didn't know what it was until people kind of said, "Hey, that's the successor to the Sega Genesis." And really, people kind of oh, Ed's Reyes said Rashir Green Hills. Ah,、oh, that's what, that was a great place to get software. Ed's great, great memory right there. But yeah, it was. I call it the 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 era when PlayStation really went into dominance、uh, in Metro Manila, in the Philippines, everywhere. And I I'm sad to say that that was really when all also people had very little money to spend.、Uh, that was when people had to make one choice as to when, what console they had to buy. So it was when Sega Saturn came out. We'd heard about it. It was really expensive, and the Sony PlayStation came out. It was cheap, and sorry to say, it was very moddable. A lot of people actually could mod their PlayStation One to play. All right, we're not endorsing this, ladies and gentlemen. Bootleg. Oh, is, is that the word that we're using right now? Mod. <laughs> yeah, well, we can mod, mod so that you could play unoriginal games. I'd like to hear Dan's take on this too. Dan. No, I was just about to say. That was the main reason why, as a 13-year-old kid who only had a paper round,、mm. I I got the PlayStation because it was piratable,、yeah. and、mm. it was it wasn't a better machine. I mean, I've just noticed uh, uh, in the comments、uh, a lad called Jake Bowman has said、uh, when it comes to hardware, Sony PlayStation has better graphics. If you remember, guys. Uh, Symphony of the Night on Saturn,、uh, the graphics sucked. Now I agree with that. That was a poor report in terms of graphically. It was a big. It was a bigger game. It had it had eighteen extra enemies. It had extra areas. It、mm. had extra bosses. So for the for me for the connoisseur gamer for the for the proper gamer not the casual and that's the difference here. PlayStation, Nintendo were more a casual gamers machine. Yes. Sega were more a、uh, uh, hardcore gamers machine, and、yes. that had always been Sega's philosophy. That that, that、mm. you know that, you know you, you didn't you know you look at you look at. One of the best genres on the Saturn and the Mega Drive,、uh, and it's the shoot 'em ups,、um, oh. and 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 very few casual gamers play shoot 'em ups just because they're not really good enough to. Without being horrible, the 
the, the struggle to play, you know, the the, the, the reflexes aren't as good and, and they're not into that style of game. They prefer platformers or RPGs and stuff that, that is easy. Whereas, whereas they loaded the Saturn with some fantastic shoot-em-ups like Radiant, Silver Gun and Battle Grega. The PlayStation had that too, but like you said, it basically feeds into that, what you're saying there, Sir Joel, that old philosophy of one's a casual machine, one's an hardcore gamer's machine. And your casual yeah. machine got modded and it got, it got, it were easy, easy for the majority to access. And, you know, it's, it's the, the philosophy carries over all the way to today. Some people say Sony's winning the, Sony's winning the battle. Some people say Microsoft is winning the battle. Honestly, it's still the mobile gamers who are winning the battle because if you check out the revenues, uh, mobile gamers being for casual gamers are making the most money in terms of gaming nowadays. So it was, it was one of those things. It's a huge market for it because no one can afford all these home consoles. They just play games on their mobile phones. That's their console. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. But it is what it, like, I always find is this is not just Saturn related. This is mm. one of the, the weirdest things in gaming now and, mm. and, and, and culture, which I, I honest to God, it, 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 I find it so strange is that mm. people give a shit about sales figures mm. because you know when i when i look at my favorite bands my favorite mm. films my favorite games they're not they're not popular they're not super popular you know um the last jedi is shit and it's oh, so, yeah. it, <laughs> oh my gosh don't even sold, make me remember that thing <laughs> exactly, exactly but it sold so much it made so mm. much more money than mm. the shawshank redemption uh-huh. when, when, when people are coming out with these things saying mm. saying sales figures and all that i mean it's good for our debate and that but it definitely doesn't define quality yes uh, no, precisely that's yeah. the old saying nothing succeeds like shit anyway <laughs> i mean everybody <laughs> does it <laughs> it's, i think it's ironic how you call that place green hills mm. it's a Sega, Sega yes topic. precisely yeah. it, it's it's it was um, it was a, it was like it. the mecca the technological mecca of the philippines way back when and i don't even know if it's, it's still the same situation right now but uh, i'm sure there's also places in the uk and the and and here in the us that are the the equivalent where you know that's the place to go when you're looking for tech so mm. Mm, i mean anyway I look, continue. I look at the controller show which is the, the model one so obviously i've got the model one launch mm. saturn here i i've got obviously it's the launch saturn i've got um this is the controller yes it actually looks a lot like the Sega Genesis controller. It's, it's, yeah. it's similar, but the, the Model 2 of this is the better controller. I don't have it in hand. I'm sure everyone's seen it because that's the one that people go to. Now. It's, it's lovely, the Model 2. It is, it, is, it is a delicious controller. I think this aesthetically is, is really interesting because they try to go futuristic with the design of it. Nice little flat, flat, flat bits to hold it. You've got a nice D-pad on this, which I like. I like the D-pad. The buttons are good. You've got clicky bits here. Picky LNR buttons. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that's what I like about the um, the Model Two. They're not not, not so clicky, and then they're more. But they're more. It's more, much more comfortable to hold. This is actually for if you've got big hands. This is really good. But they do dig into your palms a bit square. Square mm. bits. If you hold play for long periods of time. So that's that's one controller I've got. The other controller. The 3D controller that came with my nice mm. this lovely. That one is the one that that controller is pretty iconic. Uh, for those of you in the audio chat, uh, Viraj is now showing the circular controller of the Sega Saturn. It, it's I have to admit that one is very eye catching. You kind of wonder in the back of your head, how the heck are you supposed to hold that thing? Oh, it's, it's very round. <laughs> you hold it like this, so you can see it was a step before. With the Dreamcast controller, you can sort of see it's a step before that, and they obviously scaled it down a bit before Dreamcast. You can see that they were going to. I love this controller. One thing I, I really am sad about is I think it's the last proper save controller which had that six button layout. You know, I love yeah. that six button layout. And 
it, it was a bit of a cop out. One thing I don't like about Dreamcast is that four button. They went uniform with that four button SNES or, or PlayStation side. One thing I love about Sega was this six button arcade style. I think that should have been the, the medium, and that's why. I, <laughs> JDM like, in Twitch says, ironically, it looks like a Sony Discman. <laughs> uh, I read that on the forum, it looks like a Sony Discman with mm, the button. Yeah. Um, but you got this lovely little analog stick for, and it came packed with Nights into Dreams, or you could, you know, you could buy a separate one. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice, and you got this little button here, which is a start button, and you got this switch here. What does that switch do? People might have asked in forums. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what it does. It allows you to switch between using the D-pad or that the stick, so it switches these two around. So, oh, um, or, or a digital input, a basic. Oh, input. okay. And if you look closely, I think you can see. Yeah. You can see the icon icons either side with the O and the I, you know, analog or I've got no idea, absolutely no idea why that four button um setup mm. became so popular. Yeah. Because you can do you can do I've 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 not got a sound one, but you can do exactly yeah. the same thing. It is literally yeah. just hold that down and use that. Yeah. It, it, you take them off, you've yeah. got your four buttons there in the same shape. So why yeah. not just add them? It is the it's the most mm. mind boggling thing. Mind boggling. It's A, B, X, and Y. It's the same bloody Nintendo. Same, <laughs> same setup. Same setup. And I've got a little trigger here. What I like, I like using this controller, even for not just for 3D. When I'm playing Outrun on my Sega Ages Volume One, this is acceleration. This is brake, and this is to control the vehicle. This is it. And if I want to change the gear, I can make one of the buttons. And it's really good. You can configure it to, to whatever way you want. So you can have acceleration, brake, or whatever. And you do this, or you can have gear up, gear down, or whatever. So you can do what you want. It's really, really good intuitive control. So. I will say, look, I know some people have, have their, their, their thoughts. This is a really comfortable controller for users, things like that. In my opinion, because Dreamcast controllers, there are people who love it. It's all right, but this is, the, in my opinion, like the pinnacle of the Sega controller. And I love this design. Ed's has a point here. It's hard to emulate Saturn on PC. Yeah. Uh, if you have an old system, you need a high-end PC. Yeah. That, that, yeah. It's still the case, actually, because of the fact that um, emulation, I think you need at least about three or four times the power of the original console uh, for you to be able to emulate it properly. And uh, it's it's one of the things that uh, it's one of the things that people are still working on nowadays. Although they have gotten uh, other systems like Dreamcast working properly, which is, <clears throat> I guess it's it's a question it's a question of um, which which system they prioritize when it comes to uh, figuring out emulation for. Uh, oh, uh, Jake Belmont also says that controller is expensive in other countries. Yeah, I think he was referring price. to the, really to the, to the circular price. one. You're lucky to get it for fifty pounds, and that's expensive. Reminds um, me actually of the Duke controller for the original Xbox, the, the, that large one. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. this is and, oh, and, and this is the other controller. This is um, obviously when I want to shoot some pigeons. No, when I want to shoot, <laughs> I played Virtucop two with this. And mm. One of the things you're going to laugh at this. So when I bought my home, I got it. I asked my brother, "Can I have this? I'm taking your mm. Sony," and I took it. And the reason I took it is because that's the only way you can play light games now uh, with that with that software. So. Uh -huh. I basically, the only reason I have a Saturn set up now, I wanted to play Virtual and I've got mm. my gun and boom, boom, or Virtual Cop or whatever. And, and it's, it, it's so much fun. It is so much fun. I've got two of these now. Um, so I play two player and it's, it's a really good just to have that arcade at home. There was, I was actually looking at House of the Dead on, oh. on e recently. It was like at £100 and I thought, um, <laughs> can I justify buying this game? They're quite rare actually, those copies. I should have, part of me thinks I should have and I shouldn't have, but now I'm thinking, now you can mod a Saturn. I can mod it mm. to have that game on. It'll cost me half as yet. Terror mm. I need to do it that way. So uh, if I really want, and because I've also got the House of the Dead remake on Switch, I'm like, do I really want to play the remake? So there's stuff like that. 
Am I am I remembering incorrectly that I saw? I, I mean, we're getting into high seas territory here right now. But I saw a cartridge, an all-in-one cartridge for Sega Saturn being sold. Is that something that is something that will will help owners of Sega Saturn? Yeah, you can get what's called. I don't know if it's called. It's like it's kind of like an EverDrive cart. You can get mm. like. Well, one thing's that a satiator. So one of the things. So you know, we're going to high seas territory. I'll be very quick with it. Um, yeah. You have hack where you can get something called a satiator. That's expensive. It's like two hundred pounds just for. The hat, uh, the okay, and it slides, it slides in here, and you put a four, you put like you get a 400 gig SD card, put all the ROMs on mm -hmm. that, shove it in there. We'll use the, the Saturn BIOS, it's proper FGBA, so you have to use an original hardware, it's not emulation, and you're playing okay. the games that way. And it tucks away oh. in here, and you're fine. And that's a really good way to, to make it, it's an easy mod, no soldering mm -hmm. iron required. And you're done. The only downside of that mod is you can't play multi-disc. Okay, that's where you need. That's why some people, what they do is they remove their optical drives, and what they do is they actually have uh, an SD card in there, and that bypasses them, and they, they use what's called a Terra on your mod, and that can play multi-disc games. The only problem is you'll never be able to play this games again. But then some people don't care because these games go for a lot of money, and I can make I can get my money back for these games, which I paid a peanuts for, fifty pounds and twenty of these games, and we'll, we'll go through my library, and I could do that. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking, but should we go through my Saturn library? Should we do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but before that, uh, let's just say hi to Marlon Hurtado Eliscupides oh. in the chat who says in Japanese commercials of Sega Saturn, Hiroshi, Hiroshi mm. Fuji, uh, Fujioka, also known as Takeshi Hongo of Kamen Rider Black, uh, but he corrected himself later on, Kamen Rider 1, was the endorser of Sega Saturn as Segata Sanchiro. Hey. <laughs> uh -huh. Sega! 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 <laughs> I'll tell you what, that, that's one, I mean, that, those adverts came quite late in the, the Saturn's lifeline in Japan, remember it was launched in 94 or whatever, but those adverts started in 97 when Sonic R coming out and he promoted it, and there were a number of them, and there were parodies, and I thought, this is genius marketing. Why don't we have anything like that for? for I mean, work? I was also, I'm, I'm also kind of remembering. I mean, I could be misremembering this, yeah. but I saw a, an um, an anime recently uh, titled "Uncle from Another World," and mm -hmm. Sega, uh, as particularly the Saturn, was featured very prominently in some of the some of the episodes <laughs> there. Uh, Joe could correct me on this one, but yeah, um, it's a testament to how much of an impact uh, the Sega Saturn had in the Japanese market that it's still fondly remembered in a modern anime now called um, Uncle from Another World. If you guys want, you can check that one out too. Anyway, continue, Viraj. Right, so let's have, let's have a look at my games. Mm, go ahead. Let's start with the fighting games. I don't have as many, like, I know there's the Capcom ones. I ain't got any of the Capcom Street Fighter Alpha stuff. And just to touch on that, because someone did say Saturn had the, the best fighting games. Oh, Ed's, uh, sorry, Viraj, let me interrupt you, interrupt you for a moment here. Ed's Reyes in the chat says, do pseudo Saturn mods Viraj. I don't know what that is. I mean, uh, Viraj might know a little bit more about that one. Mm -hmm. so I think there are three mods you can have Saturn. So I talked about the Satyr, so I talked about the Terra. I mean, it's a pseudo Saturn mod I'm not really too familiar with. That's the other one. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into it. I mean, for me, it's about what's the best thing that's going to... I mean, if it's just a, a bit more expensive, because right now the Terra Onion mod looks like the best one for me in terms of the way that it lays itself out. In terms of it, you can see all the games with the boxes and you can do things like that with the UI. So it's actually a nice presentation, presented Saturn mod. But I'll, I'll have to look into that in more detail. But I, I know Sir Joe's... I think Sir Joe, you did, you did the Satiator, didn't you, Sir Joe? So how are you finding that mod? Uh, to answer Sir Ed's question first, for all of you guys who cannot really afford the Terra Onion and the Pseudo Saturn, oh, I mean Terra Onion, the Raya, the Fenrir, and the Satiator, for all of you guys who cannot really afford those, 
the cheapest alternative out there is using this cart called yeah. the pseudo saturn which you just put it in inside the um, uh the cartridge slot and that will fool the hardware in thinking that what you're playing uh what you're playing the disc wise anyway is actually legit basically it will allow you to play burned game burned cd games on it so rather as a at least you're still using the optical drive so you need the optical drive working for this to work however at least you don't have to shout out uh tons of dollars or pounds just buying all of these games you can just download oh i'm sorry you can just <laughs> rip the game you just rip the game from the from the cd burn it burn it make a backup copy of it play it on the saturn using a pseudo saturn cart oh and the pseudo saturn cart not only that it it will play any region backup copies of your saturn games it will also give you an additional 500 megabit of ram and a pre-installed game shark as well that's, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, for, that's for people who can't beat games on their own. But going forward, we I'm looking at the fact that okay, you could you could do this, but then you say it's the cheapest way. Okay, but it, it, it basically, I still need to get a CD burner, which I don't have. But I have to mm-hmm. put money. There's the hassle of downloading the wrong, waiting for it to burn onto disc, and I'm impatient. And then I have to take that disc, and I have to oh yeah, let's forget, I have to buy some discs as well for it to be burnt on, and then I put it in the Saturn to play it. It's, it's, it's a chore. It's a chore and you to have do. to admit, I mean, say, who who has Sega's uh, CD burners nowadays? I mean, th- that, you know, people, my, my latest laptop doesn't even have a CD drive anymore. <laughs> oh, um, uh, 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 to all of you, ladies and gentlemen over there, um, my apologies to my high end wealthy colleagues here, but mm. us living in the ghetto, us living in the ghetto, we still use CDs. Okay. He's had a bit of domestic with his wife. Fine, 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 fine. As, as in the ghetto, we still use CDs. <laughs> Admit it. This is now. Nah, listen, this is why. This is what you get for dressing up as a woman. Your wife kicks you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. All right. Anyway. You guys can check out the previous episode of Titleist Gamer Show for that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> moving forward, um, one thing I like about the Terra Onion hacks, though, very quickly, is the fact that once you've done it. You don't have to do anything. It's all in there. I don't have to like, go for the hassle of opening up my drive, putting a disc in there, taking it out. It's all there. I can use the GUI and I, I like that aspect. It's a bit more money, but I think it's worth it. If you can do it once, get it done properly. But I understand people have their own economic bubbles of what they can afford and whatever. Find the best solution that works for you. That's what I would mm-hmm. say. Okay. But I'm, at the same time, I'm not, I'm, I, 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 one, on one hand, I, I, I don't like promoting this sort of thing. But Saturn collecting is expensive. Yeah, buying games for Saturn yep. is expensive, and you have to be wealthy. So, if just do what you have to do. That's all. I, I'm just going to leave it ambiguous. That's it. Yes. Let's, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's only really pirating games or ripping games off if they're readily and flip freely available to buy. Still, I mean, in all fairness, like if I'm going to buy buy a Saturn game, it's not going to the pockets of Sega, is it? It's going to the pockets. Of exactly. No. Exactly. So it's no. not, you know. Now, if, if Sega's got a store or, or whatever developers made those game or publishers got a store yeah. where you can buy it, fair enough. If so you can't, emulate it's abandonware. it. It's abandonware, really, if you look at it that exactly. way. It's abandonware. So, and Sega haven't re-released these games. They haven't made an effort. I think Sega should. 
some of them, yeah. But anyway, so uh, sorry, I, before I go to the fighting game, I wanted to point this thing out. As I said, I'd elaborate a bit more on this rant. Now, Sedan knows this. There are a number of fighting games, the Capcom games in particular. Um, I can't remember their names of the title. Is it Street Fighter Alpha 3 or something? Yeah, Alpha 3, X-Men versus Street yeah. Fighter. Where you put the disc in and you can play the games, but you wouldn't get all these sort of extra features like the animated background that you would in the arcade ball. The PlayStation version couldn't do that either. But with the, with the RAM cart though, what you do is you put that in there and you'd have all the extra features of that fighting game that the arcade version would have and it would be the best version of that game for the home. Basically, this is Sega pushing their hardware to the limit saying, we can actually bring the arcade home. So the idea is with games like Street Fighter Alpha 3, I think X-Men versus Street Fighter was another one. You get the, the RAM cart here uh, with two megabytes of RAM and that, that would help um, supplement the game and give you the best experience. So when somebody said, you had the best, best, um, best, uh, best they were right. They were right. So I, 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 I say I totally agree with that. I've just got to say that were a huge, people. People won't get if you didn't live through that time how massive that was. That was yeah. like having the best versions of Street Fighter were absolutely humongous because yeah. you, you wanted to, you, you know, you wanted to go into arcades and beat people in arcades. And chat, you know, and, and and have a closest replica to that yeah. of them. And then when you brought people back to your house or back to, your, you know, like I say, Phil, you, you go back to Phil's house. Having that there in the in the front room was was just a huge deal, a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge deal. But let's do this. So my first game I'm going to pull out. It's called Fighting. That's that's a AM2 Sega. There you go. That's, Fighting Vipers. Is it rare? I don't know. It's there. I, it was given to me as a gift. I don't really care for it. It is. Yes, it is. It's, it's a nice game. Um, and I've got Great three. Game. I've got three copies. I don't know how I've got to fight. Okay, I don't know how where they came from. I think one was gifted to me. One came with a, a deal that I had to get. So, yeah, they, they they had happy times in one night, and you know another one popped up. Anyway, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should give a giveaway. Um, Are there any naked women in there? <laughs> With, with quadrilateral boobs, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yes, if you want to call it that. But no, you have you have Virtual Fighter Two, which was actually the biggest one, of the biggest games on this Blue so It was a big game when it came out, and I think the I think Tekken obviously was the this PlayStation alternative, which is also another really good game as well. And I think whatever you think is better is purely subjective. They're both very very good games. For me, the the the, sh the big shame that with Virtual Fighter that didn't stick around is that. Like Tekken, sorry, like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, Tekken and Virtua Fighter had different approaches to, th to 3D Ooh. fighting. Virtua Fighter very, is very much more of a thinking man's fighting game. It's a technical fighting game. A technical fighting game, exactly, exactly. So yeah. it, 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 they both had the place, really. And it's a real, sh it's a real shame that Virtua Fighter didn't, that we ain't got more of that. Because Virtua Fighter, free and and Evo were, were very good. Four Evo was very good. Five and even some of the later ones, six. They're actually very, very good games. The problem is that they, they started a bit with three and four. Mm. Four was actually really good, but I don't think they marketed it as well as a proposition as something like Tekken. I think Tekken ran away with it. So Tekken was big in the arcades as well. I remember going to the Trocadero in London. Yeah. Everyone tuned up to play Tekken was Virtua Fighter. Where was it? I didn't see it there. I didn't see a Virtua Fighter machine. So maybe the people just jumped on the Tekken bandwagon, and sadly. But yeah, that became, well, Virtua Fighter is Sega's last premium fighting stand. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a look at the action game. So this is Knights into Dreams, which I broke One of Raj's most favorite nice. games of all time. I, I love the music. I love the music. Um, and it's really good with that 3D controller. 
And this is Christmas night. Christmas night. I've got this. It's the, the, the thing. I don't I come with a envelope. I just managed to get this. Yeah, I've got the game. I'm very proud of that. That I got this because it's together. And that, that one's to get. So I got that. Um, I got uh, Panzer Dragon. Panzer Dragon. Big game. First one. It, I think you can get it for like 50 quid now. I think I paid like 30 back in the day. Not even, no, I paid like 12 pound back. This has gone up quite. Uh, I said back in the day, but it's only just a little over 10 years of that. Um, and I even got its sequel, Panzer 2. Panzer Dragon 2. Bit as well because again I paid a bit bit more for this than that one but um, yeah it's a big game, big yeah, game. definitely definitely better the sequel definitely the sequel it's, it's, they, did game. they did a switch port of this it's really good it's actually good the switch port. I, I did well, my main criticism with the switch port is the res the, the play area seems a bit smaller than the than this one even though the graphics are better the players a bit smaller so you win something you lose something but that that small criticism I have. Does not mean it's a bad. It's a really good game to switch for. Did, I've got did the, you I've have it on PlayStation on PlayStation Four? And uh, yeah. um, it, I think it's a real. Yeah, I say it's, 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 it's a really worthwhile remaster. And I think some of the everyone everyone should check out. All right, uh, question for somebody who's unfamiliar: uh, Did you have to have played Panzer Dragoon One for you to be able to get into Panzer Dragoon Two, or no. is it standalone? Okay, standalone. No, okay. Mm, okay. Sega, Sega, yes. Fun. Yes. Mm. This is this is my most recent title because I wanted to experience the arcade home. And this it is has uh, it has Dan's one, one of Dan's most favorite video games of all time, Afterburner Two. <laughs> all of it actually, Afterburner, oh, yeah, Space Happier, and Outrun. That's true. All that's of it. True. Yeah. Three very special games to me. Then. Thirty pounds. That's what I paid for this. Take quid for the arcade ports on my Sega Saturn. These are timeless mm. games. Play them again and again. Uh, obviously, you saw me pull out my Saturn. That's the disc that's still inside. Um, so I, I, I really do love it. Obviously, oh no, it's not inside. This is, this is how bad I am, right? Look, I've got Virtua Cop Two. <laughs> Yes, it's it's time to fire up that steak and start burning Virage. Okay. <laughs> These are really good faithful arcade ports that are around 60 frames a second. That's all I'll say that. That's really? Oh. Yeah, they're 60 frames per second. Um, they've, they've, they've ported it because Space Harrier 2, so Space Harrier Afterburner 2 ran at six, and, and Outrun ran at 60 FPS famously. Mm. Um, okay. And the 32 export Space Harrier is at 30 frames a second, but actually did a good job with the actually too with both of these they did a really good port with both of these two games mm. um uh, but the funny thing is i remember dan saying that he loves the mega drive after yeah. uh, that's his favorite version because there's no smoke traps well, there mm. you go you see but, it's, it's it's for me for me it's it, like if you come if you bring it down to gameplay I, mm. I, I say i always return to the mega drive version or afterburner because they mm. tweak the gameplay to make it a little bit more tighter and accept, uh, accessible um but the outrun, the port of outrun on on the Sega sign is oh god, it's it's just so beautiful. It's, it was one of them that that, that was, I remember that. You know, bearing in mind, um, we're we're outrun eighty five or eighty six. The arcade eighty six, eighty six. So bearing in mind, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about ten year, tenish years later um, that it come out on Sega Saturn. And to mm. finally get that at home in that yeah. in that quality were just super. I and mean, we, we've got we're playing. Daytona and Sega Rally, but we always kept going back to Outrun because it's just yeah. so accessible and so brilliant. Um, so speaking of Daytona, here we go. We've got oh. our racing games now. Daytona USA. There you go. What I love about this is you got um, that guy. I forget his name, the Sega legend, but he sings, he sings Daytona, and you get to hear him sing oh, yeah. thing when you get the intro. 
it's actually a, not a bad game. It's actually really good. However, if you're going to play Daytona on, on Sega Saturn, I'd strongly recommend Championship. Yeah, that's the circuit which is the best one in terms of a game. So if you're going to get a Daytona game, obviously, if you're going to go, it's probably the um, the better game, in my opinion. Um, I happen to have two copies of it. I don't know why. I think it was a gift for me again by someone. Um, Demolition, sorry, Destruction Derby here by Psygnosis, which is now owned by Sony. This is, this is, this is weird, but Psygnosis is now Sony uh, product, so you got that there. You also have Hardcore 4x4, which is like a like monster racing. This is it. It's a PlayStation game. They play just on Saturn as it does on PlayStation. I think one of the biggest uh, misconceptions has really bad graphics or whatever. It was programming the game. It's Saturn versions of it that are better than the PlayStation. So I wouldn't knock it. But Manx TT. Okay, so you got that. If you like your, your bike racing games, and then this actually, um, I, got, I don't know why I've got them. Sega Rally, this is a great game. Uh, this is a, this, they smashed it with me. AM3, very supporting this thing. And it's like, probably one of the top 10 games. It's probably why I have, have two copies of it, because I just love it so much. Okay. <laughs> I have so many doubles, it's ridiculous. Now this game, this is a, a controversial one, Sonic yeah. R. All right, now, I, I like this game. I don't love it, but I like it um, because it's 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 interesting. It was meant to be a racing game. They used the engine for that race, Sonic. But I think there's just something really cool and novel. It's not a great game. It shows that Sonic can work in game. Because if you argue, this, this is actually the first Sonic 3D game. It didn't have a, it didn't have a 3D game. But I like the way it plays. Longest game in the world. It's quite an easy game to complete. Nice to unlock all the other characters and the mecha version of Sop, uh, Tails and Emma Knuckles. It's a lot of fun. But it's not a great game. But I think it's a really good game just to have a look at it. It's nice to see what Sega are doing. And really, the soundtrack is the that stands out the most about this game. Um, it actually has a lyrical sound. Um, and it's an amazing... The music in this is proper Euro Club 1997 style. Optimistic, upbeat. And when I hear this woman singing, I thought it was black vocals. I was shocked to hear it was a white woman singing. That's, that's <laughs> what I, I was like, what is a white woman? I looked it up. I thought, what? You know, listen to it. Sonic, you know, this is her sing away supersonic racing and, and the lovely little songs. In. And my last racing game, which is gifted, is virtual racing. Oh. Virtual racing. Ah. See, and this one gets virtual racing gets overlooked, but bloody hell, it's so it's so playable. It is so oh, playable. Yeah. I mean, let's be mindful. This is not the same as the arcade version, right? This yeah, is but the, the 32x version is better because it is yeah, an yeah. arcade. They actually outsourced this version to another company, which made it different in mm. how it. If you look at the back of it, it's different in how it plays. It's not as good. It's not a bad game. It's not as good as the original arcade one. So don't get confused. Virtual racing on Sega Saturn is not the arcade version. Studio made it and Sega just published. Um, mm. I'm Warner Interactive, so that's that's something I've, that you should be mindful of. It's not if, if you're going to play virtual racing on a home. Console, yeah, I've noticed one thing about your collection, Viraj, and I'm not sure if it's representative of, representative of a lot of the Sega Saturn games, but mm. they're very much action action oriented. They're very much uh, emphasizing quick reflexes. No, so let me be clear: RPG, the genre for Western audience, hadn't really. It, it took off with. Let's be honest here: mm. RPG exploded in the West because of Final Fantasy VII mainstream. Yeah. Mainstream. It was Final Fantasy VII which did it. I remember people in school going, oh, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII, such a good game. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Mm. Final Fantasy VII, if it's such a big deal, why don't I hear about Final Fantasy III or two or four? What about these other games? I never heard of it. What are you talking mm. about? I, mean, I understood that Final Fantasy VII was just the seventh of that series again, mm. but it hadn't, I don't, I, don't, I believe, because I didn't know anyone talk about RPGs until Final Fantasy, okay? Mm. I didn't know what an RPG was. What is it, a rocket, rocket propelled grenade? What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 RPG, role playing. So it, it mm. took until like 98 
when mm. really not it, not it, people still talk about Final Fantasy VII. It drove me nuts. So I bought the game and I played it. It's wonderful. It's got a lovely story. It's a good game. But mm-hmm. with Japan. That's what mm-hmm. the RPG library is. I'm counting on Sir Joe to talk about. Okay, yeah. Now this would be Joe's domain then. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. This game. Alien, Alien Trilogy. Trilogy. I love this. Okay. I think this plays really good. I believe it was also on PlayStation. I don't know if that pretty much brings it, but I really love playing hours playing this. It's got two star graphics if we're being honest, but slightly you know more. I don't know if that's the sort of cracking graphics you got. <laughs> but it's there. It's there. It's, it's, a, it's actually a good alien game, I would say. Platformer, I and this is because it's other Sonic, and I had to have this. And this has a different soundtrack to the Mega Drive game, and it was made by Richard Jackson. The soundtrack, the soundtrack on this is superior. I love the, I love the different renditions it has, and it has some extra animation in the, in in what what it had. But what I will say is, it's a shame that Sega, Sega, they they were pressured to put this out because they didn't have a Sonic game on it, and they shame they didn't have a 3D Sonic game. I think that's one of the biggest problems we had. And I think it's a shame that they didn't lead with a with a proper 3D Sonic game. It's a shame that Sega didn't give it the resources. This was their mascot. This was their big hitter for the West. The fact that Sega of America and Sega of Japan failed to create one is one of the biggest, the, the sorrowing tales for me. I think it's the saddest thing for Sega Saturn is it didn't have a dedicated 3D Sonic game. I think you can see like, there's a game called Sonic Jam, which is a compilation of Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckle in one one disc. And it's actually got a 3D environment. You see Sonic running around and he jumps into a portal and that then becomes Sonic 2 or whatever. And you put two and it, that actually shows that Sonic could work in 3D, it just didn't have the resource. That little, little playground shows Sonic in 3D, it shows that it could have worked in And I hope you know, in the future, I know there's something in the comments that, you know, Saturn Mini, I hope that they do finish it for Saturn Mini. That's, that's a pipe dream because I know it will probably never happen, but I hope they are. So mm. They're Sonic 3D Blast on Sega Saturn. Makes me a bit sad. Miss, this is a PC game. Oh. all over the place. Mm. Um, this is a game that you've seen me with the gun pointing at you. Top Virtual Cop 2. Virtual Cop. You want to be a policeman? This is it. I love the Virtual Cop. Virtual Cop 3 in the arcades I played. Love, I love Virtual Cop 2. Virtual uh, yeah. Cop 2 was huge in the arcades here in the Philippines. Uh, Time Crisis yeah. was the other one, but mm, I, I, Time I, Crisis I was playing, to be honest. I love these games. That is, yeah. I, I'd say Virtual Cop 2 has to rank as one of the best um, five plus beer games mm. that you can have. If, you, if you've had more than five beers, I'm trying, to play, <laughs> trying to play Virtual Cop 2 is, with your friends is, is, is hilarious. What? And, and you're what weaving around like, man, uh, I can't even get that one. We, we used to come back from pub, me and my mates, we used to come back from pub, put, put Phil Saturn on, and get, we used to get all these all these games on the Viro showing Daytona uh, and uh, Baku Baku and all, all games like that. And, mm. and Virtua Cop, honestly, it was, it was just such a laugh. It was just such a laugh. Was such yeah, a laugh. you'd have an agreement. All right, man, I'll take the left side. You'll take the right. <laughs> sure. Okay, wait, which part is the left again? Okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy's hacking, so you got no choice but to help him. You know, that's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> another thing, All right. Another game, I, I wish I, I just mentioned it, which was um, House of the Dead. Oh, that was I, a good one. It was on eBay for yeah. like 100, but I, I realized I can't justify that cost because I can now mod a Saturn. So that's what it was, but House of the Dead would have been a nice one for the collection as well. Mm. There's a Switch remake as well that I have. I have it on remake on Switch, and that's actually quite good. I'm sure you have it on PlayStation 4 Shop as well. That was good. Mm-hmm. Athlete Things, these are just my, my sports games, which I don't Up, know. We're getting into the territory of obscure games, which I absolutely love. Okay. <laughs> it's given to me, but Athlete Things. Show, show the back, uh, Virage. What kind of game is it? So it says that's it. So it's like an athletic simulator, shall we what say? Track and field wannabe? I don't know. Um, I mean, I'd go for it. I'd still play it. 
Join eight international Olympic athletes as they compete in ten decathlon, decathlon disciplines.、Hmm. Never thought running, jumping, and throwing could be such fun. The brilliant, quirky AM3 converter brings steel hard competition to the home. I still play. I would play it. I would play that yeah, one. I know, I know you would. Yeah. <laughs> this one is another one to play. Oh, I would play that one too. Yes. Yeah. The graphics on this are actually really good for its time. I'd say. I was actually amazed at just how、uh, good. Ah, yeah. I definitely play that. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd play it too. Oh,、uh, the, for those in the audio podcast,、uh, say that, show that again, Viraj.、Uh, uh, the the title is. Um, Pebble Beach, Pebble golf, Beach Link. golf Links, and it's a golf game.、Uh, it it seems to have some really good graphics. If you guys are looking for an、uh, on off the track game, that would be the one to look for. I mean, if you're a Tiger Woods fan as well. Like four player golf here. You know? Oh well, there you go. Well, there you go. And last and and least, I'd say Sega Worldwide Soccer '97. Okay. So there you go. That's, yeah, that's the、big. biggest game in the world, which is surprisingly not very not very big in the Philippines. But then again, I attribute to, I attribute that to the fact that we don't have very large fields to play soccer in. You know.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever, man. But but that's that's my collection. That I have. There are、mm. other games. Yes, that, that I don't have. With regret, Burning Ranger. Okay.、Mm. Dragon Saga. Um, die Hard Arcade,、mm-hmm. yeah, these are big hitters that people talk about, and I don't have them in my collection. I could buy them, but I'm thinking, with you know the other way, alternative ways to get these games and get access, it's not a big deal.、Mm-hmm. So、I don't have some of the more expensive sand games, but even what I've shown you is actually they're quite expensive. These games now,、um, I'm thinking, okay, fine, I might might shift it. It's over a hundred pounds, a couple of hundred pounds worth of games I've got.、Mm-hmm. Uh, now I might as well just get use that money, sell this, use that money to subsidise, and I'm great. So, yeah. It's 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 at that point now. Unless you are a Saturn collector and you care about Sega Saturn and you want that that to be a thing, call me. Do it. You know, if you want to pay that king's ransom, do it. And there is there is a, a cult following for Saturn on the Sega Saturn place. What I've seen, whenever someone buys a Saturn game, somebody Rick Flair man going, woo! You know, like, <laughs> like Rick Flair like doing his little moves and all that stuff that he used to do with his bling bling and he used to show off and all this stuff. And that, I think that's where it will come from. Rick Flair was.、Mm-hmm. The, Unofficial. Now he's the Sega Saturn mascot. You got <laughs> unofficially speaking. Okay. Wealthy guy, Sega Saturn, and I'd be happy to spend that kind of money. And there are people out there. There are loads of people out there that would love to collect for Sega Saturn. That they do collect for.、Sega. I think、mm-hmm. it's a it's a thing. And I, I, as you know, guys, I, I do a lot of. I, I started to, to buy and sell retro video games at gaming market. Maybe just take some of this stuff, get some money from it, because there are a lot of collectors out there. I was shocked, yeah. Mm. Just how many collectors there are. You don't see, you hear about these. You see it on eBay and Facebook and what people are. You don't really, unless you go to a market and see people willing to pay 180 pounds for a game you paid 30 pounds for all those years.、Mm. Somebody out there that wants it. It's it's, it's real, guys. Believe yeah, it. Yeah, that, that that guy right there raising his hand at the at the bottom of the screen right yeah. there. <laughs> no, Inside of his. I'm not going to criticize these people. People go,、oh, why are you wasting your money on this rubbish? Like another one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, that's true. That's and、uh, that that some that that guy raising his hand right there in his van, you know, doing、there's、doing、no、patrols and everything. Shame, <laughs> but there's no shame in what you do. In fact, I have the utmost respect for people like you because people like you make me rich. So yeah, no, <laughs> people I mean, like you, people like you are what fuels retro gaming, which、yeah. makes it something treasure. I mean, there's some people who collect to preserve, some people collect because、mm. they love it. There's、mm. no, not a sin in this, and I understand that collecting Saturn games is pretty much、mm-hmm. a format. 
Is it the most expensive format to collect for? Even Game Boy Color? No, no. I, it's far from it. But it is uh, It is up there. I'd say... What? This is a Neo Geo AES now. That's the mm. something. Oh, oh, my gosh. The Neo Geo is my goodness. The, the actual Getting the actual cartridges for the Neo Geo is, is like way up there. But you're, you're absolutely right, Viraj. There, people will collect what they want to collect. Some people collect for the nostalgia. Some people collect because they have a particular uh, connection uh, with whatever hardware software it is some people like Joel collect a particular genre like uh, Japanese RPGs speaking of which uh, if uh, Joel might be familiar with this I only played one game one Sega Saturn game in preparation for this episode of course I emulated because I have no access to an actual Sega Saturn game uh, to, to a Sega Saturn machine it's called Guardian Heroes I'm not sure if you've yes. heard uh, of that one yes, uh, okay yeah, they made that. I, I played that one. It's a really good one. I, I I started off on it, and I can see this as a game that I can really get into. It reminds me of the tales of if um, if if Sega Mega Drive Genesis had Golden Axe slash Streets of Rage. Guardian Heroes is their answer to that for the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Well, there you go. They're beat them up. They're beat them up slash RPG elements in there. Mm-hmm. There was a, a Game Boy Advance port of that for those who you can't even understand. It's actually mm-hmm. a port for what it's like. Mm-hmm. But um, going Sega forward, did that. I, I don't know if Sega. I, I don't know if Sega. I think Treasure Treasure were responsible for Guardians of the So they were they were a Sega company, shall we? Back then, Treasure. Well, they, I think they are or not. They made those sort of style games, and I, I did like some of the stuff they put out there. I think if we're looking at Sega Saturn in terms of support, yeah, Sega were obviously the front runners for their, their own system, but they had their second party, the like Treasure backing them up with games like Radiant Silver Gun as well. Um, but they also had Capcom, they had Capcom on their side uh, this time round, and they were making games for them. The Konami made games and I think the only thing that Sega were at loss at, they should have got Square on board, or Square on board for Sega, Sega Saturn, but it doesn't matter. They, they had a lot on board from 1994 to 1997. This thing was powerful in Japan. And that Japanese library, which I'm, I'm aging to, I think you, you know about this stuff, Sir Joe. So I'm going to hand it to you in regards to what Saturn games you like, because you're into the RPG things. And obviously, as we know, right. some of the RPGs were in Japan. So you told right. me about your favorite rocket, rocket propelled grenades that you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, in preparation for this episode, guys, you need to remember, so Sega Saturn, JRPGs, and I'm a guy living in the ghetto, right? The guy, the guy who's oh, in, oh. in the bang bus right now. Okay. I'm in the bang bus right now. So all, <laughs> all, all of those factors do not mix. Okay. So, um, so, <laughs> so the, the only games that I could up, that I could probably afford. So um, most of my games, uh, most of my games, I got from the Sydney Retro Market, and most of their, most of the Saturn games that they were selling. Are mostly Japanese, unfortunately, because I'm on the bank bus right now. I don't have my actual <laughs> CDs here, but I do have them in my. Um, I do have them in my inventory. Mm-hmm. So I got so just a quick rundown on the Japanese titles that I got anyway, and I got them for, like Sir Viraj mentioned, if it's the Eng- if it's if it's an English release, then definitely it's gonna cost a lot more. Mm-hmm. The Japanese release ones, not so much. Mm-hmm. So. I got the Panzer Dragoon RPG, the Japanese version. Well, Panzer Dragoon Saga. I got, saga. yeah, uh, yep, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga RPG. Uh, well, the Japanese version. That's that's what they call it anyway. Uh, Dark Savior, uh, the Japanese version. Grandia, nice. the Japanese version. The uh, Kido Senshi Gundam Gaiden, Japanese version. The Landgreiser Four, 
Japanese version. Mm. Lunar, Silver Star, Japanese version. Big game, big game. Magic Knight Ray Earth, Japanese version. Maho Gakuen Lunar for the uh, Japanese version. Mobile Suit Gundam Side Story Part 2, Japanese version. Mobile Suit Gundam Side Story 3, Japanese version. Neon Genesis Evangelion Second Impression, Japanese version. Knife into Dreams, I got that one, but that's in English. Yeah, um, I got the Panzer Dragoon yeah. one, English. Uh, oh, uh, the PAL version. Panzer Dragoon Zue, uh, PAL version. Um, Sakura Tyson and Sakura Tyson 2, both Japanese versions. The first track of Sakura Tyson I'm currently playing right now uh, has a fan translation. Uh, I have a few observations about that game. <coughs> we still have the if, if I still have the time to talk about that game. Uh, Shining the Holy Ark, Japanese version. Shining Wisdom, Japanese version. Uh, Shinseki Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, Japanese version. Slayers, the anime. Uh, Slayers Royale, Japanese version. Street Fighter Alpha, Warrior's Dream, that's the PAL version. Terra Fantastica, um, another, another JRPG, Japanese version. And Virtua Fighter Kids, PAL yeah. version. And out of all of my collections so far, the top three most expensive crap that I got came from the Saturn. Albert, um, Albert Odyssey, Legend of of Aldeon, uh, the, the U.S. version, cost me three hundred U.S. dollars at the time Ow. when I got it. Ow. Okay. And my top two most expensive crap: <laughs> Magic Knight Ray Earth. The U.S. version, the last Sega Saturn game ever released mm. in the U.S. at least, or ever, cost me around seven hundred U.S. dollars. Oh my! Complete in box. Wow! And the most expensive crap that I have so far goes to Panzer Dragoon Saga, yeah. PAL version, all complete four discs yeah. with the manual, yeah, almost. <laughs> cost Just me if the missus is soliciting <laughs> <laughs> almost cost me like 1000 US dollars just to get oh, that right. yeah. almost almost 1 grand all right oh, now we have blackmail yeah. material for Joe okay there you go <laughs> for the record that's why I, that's why I live in the ghetto now because I sold, because I sold everything just to get Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh my goodness! Okay. So that's two reasons. Yeah. So, okay. so when Joe's kid sometime in the future looks back and checks all the archives, why don't I have college money? Wait a minute! <laughs> you know, he's, got, he's got, she's got the material right there. Because I tell you something, so Joe, so Joe, in years from now, these games are only going to go up. Yes, very true, very true. Think of it, Joe, as an investment. You are investing in your kid's future. Once you sell this stuff, she 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 won't have to worry about college funds. That pan's gonna be it's gonna be fifteen hundred pounds. Yeah. It'll be and you'll make that five hundred pound profit in like five years or ten years. That's true, that's true. Since Joe relayed his his collection, I had a really quick look at the search engine as to how many Sega Saturn games there are a grand total. I was surprised that there are a total of a hundred one thousand forty-six games total for the Sega Saturn, which is I mean, mind-blowing considering the fact that the, so few people know so uh, yeah. so much about the, the games that are on the Sega Saturn. There are a thousand plus mm. games on it. And 
it, people so, yeah, just haven't was, really delved into it, really. Like, with Dreamcast, what is it? It's 400, 500 games, if you're lucky. I'd say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more. But also, let's be honest, a lot of these games are locked to the Saturn, to the Japanese mm. region, Japan. Yeah, yeah, I never would have really heard about Guardian Heroes unless I actually delved into the library. Mm. You know, um, there's a lot. How, of much, how, how, how much is Guardian Heroes uh, going for uh, going right now? Let me just mm, let's check. No, I guess I died. You were saying. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's. A, I think that's a problem with with um, uh, with gaming at the minute because the, the mainstream kind of. Um, forgets about all these fantastic games. You know what I mean? There's a, a, a lot of holy shit. Guardian <laughs> Guardian Heroes for a hundred pounds. It's a hundred pounds on eBay. I can. I'm looking at it now. Hundred pounds on eBay. Two hundred US dollars here. I can see. Mm, okay. Well, uh, finish finish your point, Dan. Go ahead. No, I'm saying that, that. So one game that's not even been mentioned yet. Uh, I know. I don't think. Well, there's two games. I don't think Joe mentioned Dragon Force. Do you not mention Dragon Force? Which oh, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't got that yet. Yeah, Dragon Force. Another, another fantastic JRPG, but another another set of games that have got have totally gone by past everyone, and and probably probably two of the best arcade stroke uh, action adventure games. Depends how you class them of the year, and that's the the um, Dungeons and Dragons games, the uh, Towers over Mysteria. Oh. Uh, no, sorry, 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 uh, Tower of Doom and Shadows over Mysteria, mm-hmm. uh, and they're both on on one. Um, oh, it's just a, uh, yeah, 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 Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I love that. I love the arcade one. Yeah, yeah, and it's that it's that type of thing that people aren't even aware that that's that's on Saturn. Yeah, you know I mean? on Saturn. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you got Shining Force Three on Sega? Um, the Japanese version. I got Holy Ark and Wisdom. Right. No, I haven't got three. So yeah, again, that's another massive. Top well, that was only part. What, the funny thing is, Shining Force Three. This is what I read about. It was only the first part of three of these games. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. Shining Force Three came out just for us in the West, but there were three other parts. Yeah. They launched only in Japan, which is mm-hmm. a travesty, really. And I think Camelot. That's where Camelot sort of left Sega because they felt a bit, bit, you know, a bit used. Mm-hmm. But but they they made some good games on on this. Thing. I mean, uh, I guess when you stop and think about it, Sega might want to delve into their back catalog of Sega Saturn games and then re-release them, if because and maybe retranslate them and re-release them, and the, and they might make some money off of it. You know, the problem with that, uh, I'll give you an example. So, for example, <clears throat> they lost the source code to Pan's Dragon Saga. Well, that's I heard. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know the story. There were rumors of how they found it again and stuff like this. It's a bit of ambiguity here, but mm-hmm. you would have thought that. Oh, you know what, Sir You mentioned they lost a, a source code for that. They also lost. They also lost a source code for Magic Knight Ray Earth when they were about to release it in the West. Yeah. So they had to. So they had to do it <laughs> from scratch just to uh, localize that shit. But um, you were saying. It's 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 it's, it's a shame. That there are barriers here, and um, they have. I think the legacy. If, we, if we're moving on from the software side of things, and then we go to we talk about the legacy of this. Say if you want to play it now, yes, we we'll get to the point where it does cost things ransom. And if you, unless you're a fanatic like yourself, and, and even to some extent myself, but there are those people who think, well, okay, we can we can modify a Saturn, which is quite cost-effective in the long term. That's always the wise way to go. Um, so there is that aspect, but then. Yeah, and there's also emulations. All other ways you can can play Saturn. Um, but what? But also on modern systems, there have been modern ports such as Panzer Dragon. You know, we mentioned earlier as a port mm-hmm. back House of the Dead. It's a remake. All right, so so, uh, so we so we all we all uh, so we got ten more minutes before ending the show. How about uh, with Sir Virach's point mm-hmm. and Sir Dan Sir Jules right here? Let's talk about the possibility of a Sega Saturn Mini. Go. Mm-hmm. 
it's, it's licensing. Licensing will be the biggest. Uh, will be the biggest. Um, will be the biggest barrier uh, for the release of a Sega Saturn Mini. As is anything when it comes to mini consoles. Licensing any game is a horrendous nightmare. Uh, every single aspect of a game, whether it's the graphics, the the sound, the the mechanics. All of those are copyrighted, trademarked, and licensed, and they have to license mm-hmm. that. So, a Sega Saturn, ah, a Sega Saturn Mini would probably be quite an endeavor. It's a question of who, whether Sega will think of it as profitable enough after all the licensing costs to actually do a Sega Saturn Mini. I hope they do, but well, the, the poll said that. Well, so when the Mega Drive Mini Two came out, the Japanese mm-hmm. there was a QR code on the box would scan mm-hmm. it, and it would link link to a, a Twitter or X. It's called X. People would be able to vote as to what they wanted their next Sega Mini consoles to be. Ah. So they would then take it on board, and then the polls came out, and then obviously when all the people voted, mm-hmm. the polls came out, and number one, well, surprise, surprise, it's, it's a Japanese exclusive poll, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Sega Saturn came out on top, so one man, the Saturn will, will rise again in the form mm-hmm. of the Mini. I think they got, and they know they're gonna, because Sega isn't the good thing about Sega, which is a bad thing. Okay, Sega aren't uh, the big player like Nintendo or Sony or Place or, or Xbox out there. So mm-hmm. their intermediary strategy, this is what they've said, is to make mini comps. It's a mm-hmm. good way of them regarnering their, their fandom and, and looking out after their legacy. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. Obviously, licensing costs is mm-hmm. the spot where that's going to be on. But and also the cost of making this to make money now. There was a recently, a, I think it was a CES, some, a company showed a mini Saturn. I don't know who they are, I forget the whole thing, that they mm. could make on like a Pi device or something. And they can have Saturn games emulated using original FPGA, which is basically original hardware style of the way the game should play. It's not emulation, it's the way that the hardware represent the game on television. And it showed, I didn't see a demo of it, but that's what they were saying it could do. And I have seen other people make Raspberry Pis of mini Saturn in the Saturn community. Okay, this is how it is. Obviously, it hasn't got the nice swanky GUI that the Mega Drive Mini has, but that's not going to take be hard for Sega to do themselves. I think Sega are biding their time uh, to try and cheapen the cost because they did say even when the Mega Drive Mini came out, and this has been a discussion going on, Yusuke Okunari, the father of the Mega Drive Mini, has said explicitly, we're just waiting for those 3D chips to go down in price so we can mass produce this thing, make it affordable, well. license, <clears throat> average very important. It's a big deal for Sega of Japan because as we know, and as we discussed in this video, this was their lone success in Japan for Sega, the Sega Saturn. Yeah, as weird as it may sound, this was a success for them. It's a big deal for the Japanese market. They want to make sure that they make this thing good and beautiful for their people. Whether it'll go out and be an international release in America and Europe, that, that, that might be another thing that they'll have to consider since it was mostly successful in Japan. Another thing that you have to consider is they sold 10 million of these units worldwide. The Mega Drive sold 40 million. So it makes sense to make a mini of that. How many minis? Like so, Mega Drive Mini sold a million units worldwide. Let's, let's put it that way. If you're only going to make a Saturn Mini and it only sold a quarter of that worldwide, does that mean we make two hundred fifty thousand? Is it even worth us making that to sell all worldwide? Are we going to make a good return on investment? Then, and if you're looking at it, just I th- I think that decision is a little bit premature on their part. It's it's just that okay. So most people chose PlayStation rather than the Saturn. However, as the years went on, people are looking back. Oh, yeah. the Saturn ain't so bad at all. Maybe 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 we should check out the Saturn. So why why are they looking at the past numbers, not looking at the demand now? It's become a cult system. It's a phenomenon. It's expensive to collect for. This is another way to experience the Saturn at a budget cost. The question is, how much would you pay for a Saturn Mini? That's the question. Would you pay two hundred pounds for it? Would you pay two hundred bucks for a Saturn Mini? Easy, easy. You pay two hundred bucks for it. Easy. 
crazy. What, without 20 games, 20 games, 200 bucks. I will leave in the ghetto for 20 more years, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd pay 200 bucks for quality games. We're talking about um, uh, games that maybe translated oh into English that never got released in the West that yep. are rated yep. as yep. the very best That's games. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. We'll get a Western would, library. Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> if you've got games like so, so a great example is you Mega might get Drive, Mega Drive Mini Two. You've got Crusader Sensi on there, which is a fortune to buy. So yeah. again, if they include if they included something like, like the Dragoon Saga, which obviously the source code's a problem, mm. but, but but if if they included games like that on there, then then it becomes a, a an attractive investment. Uh, okay. Mike Mike Kubishek in the in the chat says hundred percent. I'd pay three hundred bucks for just for three hundred bucks. Sure. Can yeah. I play this on a Saturn Mini? How are we going to play my light gun games, guys? Do we have? A- nah, that's that's the big <laughs> thing. Like, you know, we've had the cyber stick for the Mega Drive mm-hmm. Mini. Yeah, pay like yeah. over hundred pounds for the accessory would they create a singing light gun so i could yeah. play this game yeah, on them? you'd have you'd have, you'd have virtue virtue cut one and two and out of the dead play them with a the controller but it's not the right way you know no, that that's that no. wouldn't be the way to do it now but you've got three you've got three top dollar light gun games there yeah. virtue cut one and two and, and out of the dead and I'd, I'd buy peripherals when you got three three you know you're talking three massive arcade hits there so mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. I'll play. I'll play nice at the dead in that uh, that arcade place. And you months back, and it was fantastic. And light gun technology is very, very getting catching up nowadays because they have light guns that connect to USB and have sensors on top. Very much Wii technology, but still, it works nowadays. Yeah. Light guns are being produced that actually work on modern on modern televisions. So the question is, okay, how how about how, how about we do fantasy games like uh, fantasy football kind of thing? What are the games that would you like to be in there, just in case, just for discussion's sake? Well, Guardian I, Heroes definitely has to be in there. Guardian I Heroes, people, yeah. Okay, Shining Force. Let's have a look at Shining it. Force. English okay. translations. And the Dragon. Yep. The Dragon Two. The Dragon Saga. Nights in the Dream. Yep. Christmas Night. There might be a bonus title on there. Okay. Okay, I'm not gonna count that. <laughs> Legend, Legends of Oasis. Legends of Oasis. Okay, there you go. Five. That's five. Shining Force Three. Oh, you mentioned that already, right? Oh no, I haven't put that in. Okay. Saturn okay. Bomberman. Best version of Bomberman. Oh, Bomberman. That's seven. Okay, so we have that. Uh, now, are we gonna put fighting vipers on this thing? Ooh. We need a fighting game. I'd, I'd have X-Men yeah. versus Street Fighter. Well, I already said Virtual Fighter 1 and 2, but yeah, you can have one of those Capcom games. You can only have one because they can afford the license. One. I'd still say, yeah. say Virtual Fighter because Virtual, virtual Fighter, Fighter should really go in there. Yeah, yeah. the first party should go in there. Definitely some Virtual Fighter, virtual yeah. You've got, you've, got have Daytona, you've got to have Daytona and Sega Rally. Daytona, sure. You need, you need a racing game in there. Racing game, sure. You need, yeah, definitely need. Battle Grager and Radiant Silvergun. It's the two best shooters of the, the shooters. Year. Yep, that's ten. We're not going to get that because it's a Japanese game. But all right. Ed's okay. Reyes' suggestion of Castlevania Symphony of the Night can't Ed's because it's 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 mostly um it's mostly a if Konami says yes sure if they're the, if they're gonna if they're not gonna be so bitchy about it <laughs> they will not translate that game they're not gonna do yeah. it they're just gonna run the blood on PC Engine while probably they not I would and also because of, because of the fact that Sega would likely look into their internal library first because they already own this stuff yeah. in there they don't have to go license uh, Mike says. Empire Savior, Darkstalkers, mm. Capcom. They, they could get the license with Darkstalkers. They could do it. Mm. 
Yeah. Do that focus on the on the Saturn. Um, what about? Uh, did I, did I, I like the though. Um, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons has uh, served uh, Sir Dad Mansion. Mm. Got to put yeah, that in yeah, there. Yeah. And that's what that's yeah. one game. The two of those are on one game. So mm. put it in so, there. The Mystaria version. Yeah. I'll so how many games in that thing so far? How many we got? We got twenty yet. <laughs> yeah, we got twenty. So we we still we still got eight more. Albert 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 Odyssey. Albert's Odyssey, and my RPG needs to be in. I need my RPGs in there. Gotta get my 300 bucks worth. Come on. <laughs> if, I'm gonna buy a, if I'm gonna buy a mini, come on. <laughs> Give me more compelling reasons to buy it. Burning Rangers. Burning Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burning Rangers. What about Virtual On? Nah. You'd be level six with that, wouldn't you, with Virtual On? Be There's that, that's the mecha game, right? No, 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 no. Virgin Burning Rangers. I need. No, no, no. I need. No, no, virtual. I, I need. I need one pervy game. Come on. Ah. Sakura Wars. Sakura Wars. Not even. No. You know what? We're not gonna get. Screw. Screw Sakura Wars. Uh, it, not even soft core. Not really. <laughs> um, Do we, we mention Panzer Dragon Saga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 In there. Right. Oh no. Uh, but, uh, do we do we do the saga RPG or or just a uh, or the rail shooter one? I'd have I'd have I'd have Zvi and Saga out the two. Zvi and Saga. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But you can um, also have you could also have Tomb Raider and Resident Evil on this. The director's cut that was on the. Yeah. Why not have Tomb Raider on there and, and Resident Evil the Director's Cut? And why not have Mortal Kombat Trilogy on there? Because that was the best Mortal Kombat. Like, have all yeah. three on Because Mortal Kombat's not made a mini debut yet, yeah? Mortal Kombat Trilogy on the Sir, oh, uh, Sir Ed says Bloody Bride. Checking. There's also Police Bloody Storm. Bloody Bride. <laughs> what is that? Bloody Bride for the Sega Saturn. Police Knots, you got. Um, you got oh, yeah, Police Knots, yeah. Japanese only. Clockwork Knight. Plot yeah, great shot, great shot. Alien uh, Trilogy! You just said, I missed Alien Trilogy. Yeah, Alien Trilogy could be on there, but they'll have to pay Disney a, a King's Ransom for that. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Aliens are, are basically Disney princesses nowadays. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> in, in all fairness, what, what I think would, look, this is what I think would really push us out of mini, guys. You, you tell me if you agree with me. If Sega pulled their finger out, got a development team to actually build Sonic Extreme from scratch and make it actually good, for an exclusive title for a Saturn Mini, <laughs> boom! You got the Sonic fandom, yeah. you got a mandom. It will do well. That's what I will say. I'll say that if they could just do that and make that extra effort, that extra finish, they'll do that. If they have a light gun game, they always have some sort of gimmick. They had like obviously the Astro City, sorry, the Cyber Stick for the Mega Drive Mini too, good for Afterburner. If they launch a premium accessory, which is like pretty much half the cost of the Mini, if you're saying the Saturn Mini is like 200 bucks, if they have something like that, like the Virtual On sticks for that game, the Virtual On, or if they have a light gun, like a light gun you could buy for, you know, any of the, the House of the Dead or Virtual Cop games, you buy for your, your Saturn Mini, people will buy it. People will line up for it and buy it. I, I, I say that, but then, $200, $300 is an expensive proposition for a system that's over 20 years old. Mm. And are people going to say this is more money for old rope? But then the question is, is the X factor, which um, Sir Joe just mentioned, which is the Saturn is a curiosity, it's an oddity. Just because it sold, you know, 10 million worldwide, doesn't mean that the mini sales is going to be restricted to a quarter of a million. It could be a million of these minis sell because people are curious about it. Saturn mm -hmm. is, a, is a bitch to emulate. It's not accessible for a lot of people. This is a budget solution and an easy solution for many people. Yes, $200 is a lot of money. 
because of inflation or whatever. But I think that you have a Saturn Mini with 20 to 30 games. Because now Sega, with their last Mini, they said, what, we're going to have 62 games on it. That's a lot of games on the Mini 2. And it was $105 and people complained about that. But 62 games, guys. And even though you're not going to play all of those games, they're not going to appeal to you. They had enough of an array that quarter of those games were worth it. And also the value of the games like Crusader Ascenti made it worth buying the Mini in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it's stuff. It is a budget solution. And if Sega have titles on this that people will think, you know, they'll buy this thing for $200 because the title on its own is worth over $200. People buy it. And if they put Panzer Dragon Saga on this thing, find in the source code, yeah. remake it, scratch and have it on, $200 would be like a bargain for a lot of people. So Panzer Dragon Saga, and if they were making Sonic Extremes from scratch and they'll have like a nice solution with a light gun with Virtua Cop 2 uh, on this thing for 200 bucks. And also you buy the light gun, so you might have to pay. But I would buy it. I'll buy it. I'll pay two hundred dollars with the light gun and that, and and those those games that I just mentioned. It's worth it. It's worth it. And it's worth it for so many people who want to play it and have a budget solution. They plug it into TV, HDMI out, Bob's your uncle, you're done. So I do think a Saturn Mini is is, is, is feasible. It just it just Sega are looking at their margins to see can we mass produce this? How many can we sell? And can we make a sizable profit? Then as well, it will happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. Well, uh, I think you'll be happy with uh, with Raymond Rendis's uh, post here. Uh, Raymond being one of our one of our panelists here. Honestly, my heart belongs to Saturn, even though PS One was famous in my timeline. Huh? There you go. That's it. I that's about the best compliment that we can get from all the chats here because you know, in the in, at the very end of it, you play what you like, you enjoy what you have, and you know, you share what you love too, because some people might start to enjoy it as well. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I right, think there's so... one here that, that was a while ago, and I never really got to address it. Mm, Mar- yeah, which one was that one? Well, by Marlon Hurtado. Let's uh, it is, yes. Mm-hmm. Your name wrong, um, but yeah. Um, Sega Saturn Port of Castlevania Signal Light was an exclusive item, exclusive two locations, two familiars, and mid-slow FPS. So I will say this, because there, there are there's there's a hot and cold thing for Castlevania like, on the Saturn. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that it's not to the Japanese region. I believe there's a language translation patch out there. That, that, yeah, there is a language translation patch for that game. Um, and you can play it in English. I know somebody, I think it was Mr. Belmont, who said the graphics are, are look, 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 look as good as the PS1. One thing I didn't t- say about the Saturn hardware, it does actually create polygons and quadrilaterals and not in triangles, you know. Um, that's interesting. So it's very, very hard to render 2D games that have 3D aspects look as good as maybe the, three, the PlayStation and, and the N64, which had triangular looking polygons. Because they, they, to be honest, PlayStation was also quadrilateral as well, but they actually put the, the thing to zero, so it looked more, more better, and it was easier to make 3D games for because of that. But going, going back, I don't think the graphics for the Sega Saturn version of Castlevania is that bad. I think it's actually decent for what it is. And one thing I'll say about the Sega Saturn Castlevania Sin Knights, I like the backgrounds. I think it had better backgrounds than the PlayStation because of how it looked. So I think there are extras there, and I also like the fact that it is a bigger game on Saturn, and I do think that that is complete version. Even though the original director will say PlayStation One is fine, I think Kojo Garashi said PlayStation is the game, but I do think that it's a nice bonus to have an extended cut, which is Saturn version. It would be nice if some. It would be nice if there was an extended. If they put that on a Saturn in English, but I know they will. But then the other the other part of it is like, and this is something that I shouldn't really say. But I'll say it anyway, because a lot of people look at these minis to hack and mod. And we're getting to a point now where people would like a, a Sega Saturn to play because emulating it is hard. But if you can hack a Saturn mini, you're laughing. You're laughing. You know, you can play these games and you can add English language tra- tra- uh, patches and all sorts really good. And you can do that with the original Saturn as well when you mod it that way. So you can play that game with an English doing that way. So 
there are ways now, and this is happening in the modern community, and I think it's a godsend, because as we have just mentioned now, everything holy just happens to come out in the Japan read. We can't get our fingers on it. The fact that we have a community out there which I love and I have the utmost respect for, which are doing English translation patches for these games, allowing us to modify these games, to play them in our region, so we can play them on our hardware, is, is a godsend. And, and I, I like to thank those people who do that, because those people are really... They're the people yes, they're, they're honestly doing a tremendous service for people like us who are monolingual, you know, or maybe bilingual and are un unlucky in that, yeah, yeah, that we don't have the proficiency to speak in, in Japanese or Chinese or things like that. So uh, many props to them, much props to them and very, very thankful to them because you guys are doing what you can to forward the cause of game preservation. All right. All right. Uh, here, here's a very maybe one, maybe the last question we'll take for for the evening. Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this already. Disregard of answered. What were the key factors that contributed to the Sega Saturn's commercial struggles, and how has its legacy influenced the gaming industry today? We okay, each panel will answer this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's let's hear Dan's take on it first. Then. Yeah, we we kind of already covered that with the, with the Sega. Kind of covered about the, the commercial struggles, but how about its legacy? What happened? The ripples that it has sent out the unri unwritten legacy really for me actually is 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 twofold two of my favorite genres shoot 'em ups and jrpgs um i don't i think the saturn's a massively underrated system for both of them and everybody will credit final fantasy and playstation's rpgs like um xeno gears and, and such forth for 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 uh, making the genre popular and it did but in japan where the saturn were massive you had all these JRPGs like um, Panzer Drag Dragoon Saga that was the again pushed that genre big, big time, and mm. and, and and the shoot 'em ups are, are fantastic. We've just done Joe's um, Joe's uh, you know twenty, and I I personally would have had Batsagan and Thunder Force Five in there, uh, and and, he, and neither of them got a look in, and they're two two mint games. You know what I mean? So so I, I think that. The Saturn, I think the Saturn was was actually peak arcade gaming mm. at its at its best. It wasn't as the Mega Drive had a broader scope, and for me, is my preferred system because all the genres are covered in more depth. But the Saturn really just brought that arcade experience home, whilst the arcades were still relevant. And then yeah. sadly, it all died away. So, so for me, that, that that's its key legacy. Really. Another thing I want to add, actually, that, that that I didn't before when I talked about all its failings, which is early in me going about Sega overstretch. They did they marketed all that stuff that I was talking about. One thing that I didn't touch, and I, I spoke to Dan about this before, they didn't bring out what those games like Golden Axe, Pizza Rage, all those franchises, their IPs that made them great on the Mega Drive and, and transitioned them to Saturn. Yeah, Nintendo always played it safe by having Zelda, Mario uh, on their next platform. Star Fox. Star Fox. Hmm. They didn't... They Zelda. Didn't the IPs that made them great that they were known for. Like, they, they should have been a Golden Axe game on Saturn. They should have at least ported Golden Axe Death, Revenge of Death Adder, which was a yeah. System 32 game in the arcade. Streets of Rage, so, goddammit! And what, Streets of Rage 4, should, I mean, we've got Streets of Rage 4 now. It should have happened but, then, down to where people were watching. I was, I was actually driving my train yesterday. I was, I was at work going home. There's a driver who got in with me and he didn't know Streets Rage 4 was a game. Because Sega just aren't there anymore and they're not in the forefront. And I had to tell him, look, get it on PS4, just download it. It's a great game. He's going to do it now. But 
because Sega, Sega had the limelight on them, they could have brought their IPs to the front and they, it would have been an easy buck for them to make because the IPs sold half the game already. But yeah. that's that's when, one, of the re- one of the reasons, I think you're dead right, mate. I think you're dead right. But that's one of the reasons that I love Sega because they were, they were always trying to push the boundaries and be original. You look yeah. at Knights, they had the bollocks to turn around and say, forget Sonic. We've done Sonic. It's like it's like a good artist, you know, a good a good, a, a good musician. It's I've done them albums. I want to mm. I want to experiment. I want I want to do my uh, progressive rock album now. And that's mm. what they did with Knights. I thought, forget Sonic. Let's let's get Knights because we're that good. We're gonna we're gonna give something original. It didn't work from a business angle. You, you're yeah. totally right. But yeah, as, this is a business we're talking. About. I understand there's, a, yeah. there's a, the artist and there's the business side of things, but exactly. That they should have well, should have combined it more. They should have yeah. yeah. better balance. And and and, and you said right, Golden Axe, the Revenge of a Death Adder, is mm. that is the one, mate. That is one. Why that did not appear? That was an arcade machine, a great follow-up to a great series, and why that mm. didn't appear on Saturn is a mystery. Yeah, this I, whole this whole saga actually just brings to mind this scripture quote: "A house divided against itself shall not stand." So that's precisely. What happened from my observation, from my reading of console wars, and from my observation of what what happened? I guess in my case, the the thing is the infighting, the 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 envy, the greed—not so much greed as it is like the jealousy in between in between both sides of the Atlantic uh, for Sega, both the Sega of Japan and Sega of America—really did, yeah, really, yeah, did did things bad, did things did Sega dirty. And didn't even give the sequel uh, console, the Sega Dreamcast, the attention that it uh, that it that it rightfully deserved. A lot of people still have love for that one. So, so just, I just want to say, just to answer his second part of his question, which is, mm-hmm. does its legacy influence the gaming industry today? I think there are a lot of mistakes, and people have learned from those mistakes. Sega, I think that's what it was, and I think on the business side of things, we can learn from the mistakes and learn what Sega did wrong. Not just with Saturn, but all their add-ons and all the businesses. I think other companies mm-hmm. have learned what not. But the flip side, the flip side of it is, and this links to what Sedan has said about um, art. Yeah, it's about art, and in terms of the creativity aspect of it, I mm-hmm. think it definitely laid a benchmark into like how to make really, really fun innovative games. And I think that it put Sega at the forefront for those who are looking, uh, you know, are looking at really lovely, artistic, well-made games, and uh, not just Sega, but all the third parties that have developed them. So I have to say that there's there's something to be said about that. I'm just touching your note about Sega's Sega going on and, and you know moving on to Dreamcast. I think a lot of people said Sega Saturn was a flop and all this stuff. Sega Saturn actually did make money for Sega in spite of all the crap that was going on. If you actually look at the PL, like you know, and you're an account and you you like you know what I mean with a lot. Um, they're actually making money, but it's only when after 97-98, when they actually lost all the foot in with Saturn, and when they were actually spending copious amounts of cash developing, they basically what they did was they just gambled on Dreamcast. They just threw all this money at Dreamcast, it launched, it didn't return. And that's why they were millions in the room. And that's why Sega are just lucky to still be in it, making software at the very least. So they were lucky they were bailed out by a CEO that threw money and helped bail them. He gave them a few, he gave them the brand. But also, Sammy came in and, and they, they collaborated with They kept them, but it's a shame that Sega had to leave the hardware business, but that's another story altogether. Yeah, and you know, and the, what's the, what's the, what's the <laughs> quote? And that's all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I think they should have been more. They should have been more conservative after Saturn, but that, that's a discussion when we cover the Dreamcasts. But yeah, but yeah that's, that's really all I have to say. You know, I think Sega's Saturn. If you look at the Saturn in, in terms of its legacy and how it's influenced it, 
no, so just reiterating my point, not to make the same mistakes, but all those other people learned not to make the same mistakes. But then that being said, I think a lot, like PlayStation 3 was another over-engineered thing that they did, but Sony's brand was just so powerful, they'll have to take what it was. But again, that's another over-engineered console if you look at the guts of it. Mm. But I think a lot of people learned to keep things a bit more simple with Saturn. And I think also at the same time, in terms of the creativity aspect of it, they learned at what games could be more marketable and learn from the software that people are going to know about and with sequels. But then at the same time, I think Dan will agree. Dan's point is, is true because this is what's happening today. This is an original when they brought this out. People, I think, are tired of seeing sequel after sequel after sequel. Yeah. Why don't we have something original? And we're not just talking video games, we're talking about movies as well. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 we're talking, just, just, mate, just to extend that, that is, it, for me, it's, it's that time, it's the 80s and the early to mid 90s mentality of that balance of artistic input and executive input. It's, yeah. there were a much, more exciting balance nowadays everything's just it is everybody's dollar first dollar first which is great you've got to make your money but you but you you you've got you want to create shit and all don't you you want to you want you want to you want to yeah. do things you know what i mean and and that for me is so that Sega in general that's one of the reasons that i love that i love the brand because they were they were risk takers they were innovators everybody calls nintendo innovators they turned out Mario and Zelda a million times and did save things, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. they haven't innovated in terms of, yes, they made games like Pikmin and stuff like that. They have innovated. Yeah. They, they, they always played it safe by having their franchise up front, which is why they're still in the game. Whereas Sega, I think... Sega just went wild. Sega were like a dude you want, you, you want at your party, you know what I mean? It were... It were, it were, it were like I say, Knights, Knights is a great example of let's just do some original. And the gaming landscape is definitely... A worse place for for Sega for ninety Sega and eighty Sega not being around in that capacity still because if they were still do it still operating like they were and operating off you know off the, the cuff of the seat like they were with that attitude we'd, we'd be getting people would be people like Nintendo and Sony would be, be scared to stagnate on the on the franchises that they are doing because there'd be more original stuff coming out so it's it's, it's a shame really. Great. It's great that they were original. Still should have, like, I would have loved to have seen a Vector. Yeah. Loved, oh, they could have done that. They could have made it work, but they could have. So, could have, would have, should have, would have, you know, it's one of those ones. But, yes, on one hand, they were unbalanced by being too creative, too artists. I was going, but they created some great Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's you can't, you know, it's... it's I think people it's, learn from that. And then I think Nintendo learned, and a lot, a lot of them realised the franchise is relevant, which is great, but... Where's the original? Where, who's making the original stuff? And I'm not saying there's no original stuff out now. There is some great original stuff coming out. And I do think, in my opinion, I think even today, modern gaming, there are a lot of sequel, there's sequel items, but there are a lot of original content. So I think there is a good balance out there now because there's so much variety and there's so much. Another thing I want to add with, with Saturn as well, very quickly, a lot of people have said the Saturn was a great 2D machine, you know, and the 3D stuff wasn't all that great. Um, I will say, I, I disagree with that because the 3D stuff never really got a chance to shine. Um, but the 2D stuff, yes, it was great. Um, I will say, I know you love your shooters, Sedan. I think the problem with the shooter mark genre, even at that stage, there were people who love shooters and they always will do, even today. But I think with the advent of 3D gaming technology, people looking at other genres to enjoy them. So then I yeah. think like, people thought, oh, really, do we want to play 2D games in the fifth generation? Completely. Com 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 at, at, that, at that time, they were, yeah, at that time, they'd become all that, which is which is totally understandable. And even, even the Sega, C sorry, the Sony CEO said, we're not going to have any 2D games on our PlayStation or Sony of America he said no we're not going to have any 2D games from purely 3D and he pushed it 
whether that's the right call or wrong call, because he was asked to U-turn on that decision and eventually they started having more the PlayStation. That's why we have a lot more power 2D cards on our PlayStation than America's ever got. But, you know, because of that push for 3D, which Sony forced the hand of the entire gaming industry, Sega, I yeah. think Sega didn't really want to go in 3D yet, and then they were forced it as well, even though they did create Vertify 3D game. They, they had to go in that direction. And that was also a time where a lot of gaming studios failed and died, they couldn't grasp it. The ones that could could the one that could keep with the big companies like Konami, they're still around today. So I think that there's something to be said about that. 3D games were in their infancy, they were in that era. And let's be honest here, a lot of the first 3D games are just jarring that now. And they're not that good. And there was a lot of crap on the plate. Bubsy 3D, I got it for Christmas. I thought it was the best thing, and then I realized how crap it was. And then I <laughs> I had it and I thought, oh, this is cool and it's a game with personality, but then I realised the way it played was really bad. But exactly the same with, with Nintendo 64. My worst system hated it. Yeah, Mario yeah. 64, everybody raved on about it. I thought it was garbage. I'm like, where, where's all the snappiness? Where's all the quick pace? <laughs> you know, it was a waste of time. So just want to say hello to Josh, by the way, for joining us. So hello, all Josh. All right. Hello, Joshua Hunt in the chats. Thank you very much for joining us. And I guess that's how we wrap things up yeah. then, Josh. Go yeah. ahead. Okay, so we'll I'll um so we'll we'll end the show. Um Probably with my take on the on the question that Sir Jomar um, posted here, <laughs> in terms of the legacy, I be I believe that the legacy of the Sega Saturn still falls to all of us who grew up in the uh, in the nineties of the console wars of the nineties. We were the soldiers of the console wars of the nineties. Whether you're a Sega fanboy, Nintendo fanboy, or or Sony, yes, we had our allegiances, but to each its own, we had uh, we had our own respects to each other with um, with a different brand, and the mere fact that there are still us veterans, the gaming veterans, who are still talking about the Sega Saturn up to the up to this day, still proves that Sega is still somewhat relevant. Whether it's a Dreamcast, whether it's a Saturn, whether it's the Mega Drive, or the Mark One, <laughs> or, or the, the Master System, uh, yeah. you know, um, so it. So it's just it's just so uh, because back then we can only uh, uh, we were kids we were young back then we can only afford one system we can we can only have we can only choose one system so you can only choose one on one on one side but you can but you always imagine what if I could have both one uh, one friend of yours playing PlayStation one's uh, another one's playing Nintendo and you're playing and you're playing with Sega you know um, needless to say. Those friends of yours would like to uh, would like to experience the, uh, the other friend's system. And with Sega, on my uh, on my personal experience, because I chose it, because I went with the, with the PlayStation, I never even knew there was a 32x. I never even knew there was a Sega CD. Hell, I even I even know there was a Sega Saturn. But years later, when I found out that that, that there was a Saturn and Dreamcast with the library of games that they had, I'm already done with the PlayStation One. I still crave for that 90s style uh, RPG gaming, right? Saturn was the next best thing. Unfortunately, there are not uh, there are uh, there are not enough localized uh, RPGs for the Saturn. And even if and even if they are uh, and even if they are, if you're going to buy them now, they are crazy expensive. <laughs> That's why we do the modding, right? So. If uh, if we if we are going to if we are going to the extra mile of modding uh, getting a Saturn, uh, modding it, ripping it, 
having a pseudo Saturn on it just so that we can experience a Saturn still plays onto the onto the legacy for better or for worse right uh, Sega I really hope we really hope that you still uh, proceed with the mini um, it, time will tell if the technology is much better in the future if the if the component parts are a bit more cheaper uh, for mass uh, for mass production even a limited uh, even a limited release would, would be good uh, for now at least there's at least by by acknowledging that it still uh, that it, that it exists right should still solidify its uh, its footprint on the gaming uh, the gaming history and that's the show guys thank you all so much for staying here with us and um, and all all of you who uh, who are chatting down there uh, who stayed with us you are all also wonderful so my my thanks as well to the panel so uh, let's do our shameless plugs let's do it sir joel where can they find you all right ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for hanging around we highly appreciate everybody who here in the chat and who is watching live and of course we very very much appreciate all the all the ones who are listening to us in the audio portion of the podcast you can find me and the under the banyagang native banner on kick.com and on twitch.com just do a really quick search on the search bar up on top just type in banyagang native and you'll find me streaming a variety of games uh lots of fishing games which uh, viraj and dan are completely baffled by but what can i say <laughs> they, they uh, uh, that's that's what i'm into nowadays uh just Search for me on Kick and on Twitch. Hashtag FUFB. On to you. Thank you for that, Sir Joel. How about Sir Dan? Yes, thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. Uh, if you want to find more of me and Saviraj, we will be at the Sega Mega Masters uh, YouTube channel and we'll be covering it's main, I say it's, it's uh, 8 bit and 16 bit master, master system and uh, Mega Drive that we're looking at in the minute. And we're going to, we've got a few guys on that we're going to be interviewing. We're going to be interviewing a um, one of uh, Midway's guys who created General Chaos and uh, Arch Rivals and Rampage, the, the arcade, uh, pretty shortly. So come and join us or, or come and see us at the Sega Genesis group. So uh, enjoy yourselves. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you for that, Sir Dan. And Sir Faraj, who, uh, hey. who, carried, this, who carried this episode on his back. <laughs> he, re- he really didn't need us. <laughs> no, I didn't need you guys because it's... It's good to have questions asked about something because perspective is uh, perspective is very important. I want to know your Sega Saturn. Sure, you know you have to play this. You know you have to play must play Sega Saturn. You know you. you I hope those of you watching in the comment section are curious about it. You should give it a go. You should at least try it. Don't knock it. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon and say this is this is garbage. Give it a go. It might be something you really enjoy. It might have games that you like. You know, I didn't think much of it really, even though I had a PlayStation. But years later, I bought one. I absolutely love it. It's a a system that has something special to offer. But, uh, anyway, let's take a satin feed. <laughs> Plug in the Sega satin still, even though it's not being <laughs> So anyway, yeah, like Sedan said, um, find, find me, you can find me on our, our Sega Mega Masters YouTube channel that myself, Dan, and the other two brothers do together. And we, we talk and review passionately. Uh, we passionately review Sega Mega Drive or Genesis in America uh, and Master System games predominant. Uh, maybe in the future we may you know, we might start reviewing games for, for, for some of the other legacy Sega consoles, but we're definitely a Sega, Sega Pro channel. And again, we have a, a gentleman from Bally Midway who's in about. Ooh, very so, yeah, cool. A, a big man. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Again, he was responsible for, for games such as Rampage and Arch Rivals and then General. So big titles, big titles. Um, so looking forward to, to interviewing him. Um, and you can find us again on the Sega Mega Masters channel. You just type in Sega Mega Masters, which is 
you'll find us and we've done a, a series of retro game um so, so i think it, and it's a, it's, a, it's a laugh of us just talking about the game giving us our thoughts on retro stuff of that era so if you're into that sort of thing that's great or like sedan said you can find us on the sega genesis group on facebook you guys all right and i would like to have this opportunity to thank uh some of our uh to some of our partners, so uh, Sir Dan and Sir Viraj already mentioned the Sega Mega Masters podcast show that is available on YouTube. Just go check them out. And we will also like to uh, give acknowledge to Shuffle Emporium, uh, Studio.ph, uh, Retro Unlimited, and uh, uh, Retro Gamers PH. Um, yeah, and that's the show, guys. And as always, our games and our bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain. Timeless! Alright, see you guys. Have a good weekend. See you guys next time.